Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation changes? When you work with Edward Jones, they focus on what's important to you. You'll work together and use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And they'll partner with you to help your strategy stay on track. Visit edwardjones.com or stop by the office of Todd Nash in Coralville, Jeff Rudolph, or Scott McGill in Iowa City, or Travis Whitmore in North Liberty. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Here's uh, Tom uh, Tom Suter and Pat Hardy from hawkfanatic.com. Thanks, Captain Steve. Morning, Pat. Good morning. Did you have an unbelievably great night? Yeah. Best um, ever? I don't even remember what I did. I'm just getting bracing for this next storm. It's coming <laughs> at least six inches, ice, death. Just run for your life. <laughs> Yeah, it seems I, I, I'm sick of it. Yeah. Well, do you think this one will be as monstrous as the one we just got through? Well, that we what, we have seven inches, that last one. I only had three yeah. and a half at my house. I yeah. don't know. I, I don't the, know average, the average was like six to seven inches. Yeah. Um, it was, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it mean, really wasn't that bad. But I'm sick I, of it. I, yeah, I did. I don't know. I couldn't tell in my house because we already had snow. Yeah. So I mean, I just measured by what was on my driveway. Yeah, and well, it was three and a half inches, because uh, I because it, it was cement, it was concrete before it started snowing, so it was down to the. Yeah. But there was also drifts that were higher than that, but. So yeah, it is what it is. More of the but same. I'm tired of it. And unfortunately, it's not getting warm enough for any of it to melt. Nope. No, and another chance of snow on uh, Thursday after this. Well, you're full of good news, aren't you? I'm just trying to. Before war, what is that? Four arms? Could you hijack the vaccine four, truck and push war. it over the edge? <laughs> God dang. I want my shot. <laughs> Never wanted a shot so much in my life. I know. Well, good news. Another, probably another vaccine is going to be approved next week, hopefully. Yeah. The Johnson and Johnson one. Not as a. Bad news is it's 66% right. effective. So it's. But it's it's effective and not ha- make you know you won't supposedly you won't die if you get it. Maybe give that to the younger people, healthier people. And it said it's like eighty five percent effective if uh, in terms of seriousness, serious yeah. illness. So, so it is no, what it is. Good. Yeah, it's another one out there, and it doesn't have to be stored in ice cold <laughs> temperatures. That's the other. It's, easier so we'll see i mean it's gonna have a big impact on sports but yeah but i still don't expect to get mine until late summer fall from what oh, i'm hearing I, I bet you get it before that and i've, I've talked maybe i, I i'm would, just talking about the my medical people that i yeah. talk to when mm-hmm. i you know my they like if i can get it this summer they because i'm still in my 50s and i don't have any what do you call it pre-existing conditions yeah. and i've never you know so i'm down the list a little bit so yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Summer at the earliest, it sounds like for me. That's what the the uh, late university summer. is talking about. That they think most people will get it during the during the summer. So yeah, I was told like yeah. late summer, and I think a late summer is what August, September. That's late summer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is. I just I just hope by next fall, by football, most of the people have been vaccinated because 
man, another football, another season without fans will be tough. Well, boy, I don't know if the community can handle it. Well, it'll have to handle Economically. it. Economically. Mean, I know we'll have to figure out a way. I mean, what's the alternative? Just yeah, I know. quit and yeah, just quit. Quit and give up. I mean, it'll have to. <laughs> no, but it'll, it'll be brutal, though. That's why it's important to get fans back into the stands. And But it'll be interesting, though. People may change the way they behave. People may just go to and you won't, maybe you won't have near as many people staying in hotels in, in the first couple of years. They may just say, oh, you know, if I go to the game and just stay at the game and stay outside, it'll be less. You may have a lot of people making decisions like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how people come back. And it will could affect the tailgates, too. Oh, yeah. I mean. You know, because that's the one thing you're not supposed to do is be with crowds for an extendo period well, of time. I, yeah, I don't think we'll be tailgating this year, this next year. You think they'll be letting full stadium in but without tailgating? I don't know. I don't think there's a full stadium, but I do see um, 40,000 40, in there, so 45,000. Two-thirds, yeah. two a little over half. I yeah. Mean, yeah. And I'm not being snarky or anything, but there's they had a few games a couple of years ago where they barely had 50,000 people on the stands. Yeah. That's Remember true. we did that? Yeah. What was and that game, 53,000 yeah. they had one? Yeah. And there's, I mean, and there's space when that happens. If you wear a mask, you're outdoors. I, I would not feel uncomfortable if I got my vaccine to wear a mask and go there. Oh, no, I'd be totally comfortable. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, so totally. like said, that's why the vaccine, you can say, well, stick to sports. Well, the vaccine is part of sports. It is. Well, as you know, that's, Fran was talking about, you know. Yeah, I was, it, I, I was, I was listening. I was yeah. on, that was the Zoom from the other day when he's talking about how everything's kind of bogged down. And it is. I mean, that's the never-ending part of the grind now is COVID is part of this thing. I mean, it's just... Every day, day, these guys wake up, they test, they wait to see what their tests are, then they go and do all the stuff they have to to offset COVID. I think it's, it's probably second nature to them now. Mm-hmm. It's going to be weird getting back to normal. I mean, it will be strange to see how we handle the chance to get back to normal when it finally does come. I don't think there's going to be near as much handshaking and hugging. And, oh, I, I, you know, I, just don't I can't think wait to hug you, Pat. I mean, I've never been a big hugger anyway because my mom was not a hugger. My mom did not like to hug. And my brother would always say, no, she just didn't like to hug you. But I never saw her <laughs> hug him either. She just wasn't really a, you know, one of, you know, yeah. some people are, some aren't. I'm a, I'm a hugger. Yeah, I'm not a hugger. I am a, a very... Uh, You're not a hugger. I'm not a hugger, but there are people that I would hug. Okay, let's just but, hope none I mean, of them are here. No, well, <laughs> well I've hugged uh, yeah. Tom before. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, um, Hunter gave him a little I will hug. I've hugged, I used to hug my dogs all the time, but partly because I knew, especially with Buddy, there were times when he wasn't enjoying it because my dogs weren't, I mean, my dogs would cuddle on their terms. If they wanted attention, hey, come here. And, but yeah. if they didn't want to and I wanted, they, you know, they'd like, get a, so I would like to hug them because I even, don't you, do you ever tease Wopsy? I tease my dogs all the time. I used to put like a dog treat on Lakota's back and he'd walk around. I'd say, where's your treat? I'd be like, where's your treat? And he knew, and it would be on his back. I even got video of him walking around the house looking for his treat and the dog bone sitting on his. I had people tell me that that was mean. but mean. It is mean. But then he got the treat about a minute and a half of suffering and he ate the treat. <laughs> I still have video of that. Where's, no, I haven't. Where's your treat? <laughs> His tail's just wagging. He's sniffing all the corners of the kitchen. Where's Coda's tree? Wopsy lives for treats. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, what dog doesn't? Yeah. Well, our other, our previous dog didn't not wasn't quite as much. 
Yeah, no, I've seen Wapsie. Wapsie just lives for food. Yeah, I mean, she's yeah. Good lord, she's just, it's like it's like crap. Your previous food. dog is that the mean well, one? Was, well, she wasn't mean. She wasn't mean. She wasn't friendly to other dogs. We found out. No, no, and she didn't care if you had new carpeting or not. No. <laughs> oh, she just poop all over the place or pee? pee. No, pee. Yes. No, she just. Well, she didn't pee all over your house. Yes, she did. Did she really? Oh, absolutely. She, was that when you were potty training her, or just that's how she was? Um, well, we got her from the shelter. No, she didn't care. She yeah. if she had to go, she she went. She was just like a drunken college student, man. Wherever the, she kind just, of. Just twenty four hour, twenty four seven. Just wow. I that, mean, she would use. She would ask to go outside normally, and we would let her out. I don't know how. But uh, if she had to go, and we weren't attentive to her needs, she would squat and let her go. Luckily, I have not had a dog like that. Thank God. And when we first got Wopsy, she was sniffing around and yeah. sniffed a spot, and she started to squat, and Ann and I just went ape s. And screamed at her, and she didn't do it, and she has never tried again. Well, that's what happened when we brought Rudy home. The first thing he did, and we had brand new furniture. Yeah. <laughs> and the first thing he did was lift his leg on the fur- furniture because he'd been an outdoor dog. Yeah. And we said, no. And he just sat down and just looked like. You know, we just, uh, he did the worst thing in the world, and we put him outside, and we never had another problem with him. Now, when my dog, my little dog, uh, Dylan, got old, we would have to put uh, pee pads. He couldn't. couldn't Buddy pooped around. Steve, I had to pee. (laughs) Buddy pooped all over my house for the last year of his life. Yeah, that's rough. I probably kept him around too long. That was tough. I mean, I remember going to the Rose Bowl. And he was, and it was not good when I came back. I mean, I had neighbors oh, watching him, and they lied to me about how many times he had pooped because they wanted to protect Buddy. Yeah, I, I wasn't ready to put him to down then because he got he lasted until the following July. But they finally admitted to me after I'd put him down that every day that I was gone, he had pooped at least once in the house, and they had cleaned it up. And I, it was tough, man. I mean, Buddy, he just yeah, Buddy just lost his. He had lost all his sense back there. He. He'd get up in the morning after sleeping all night on the living room floor, and he'd wake up almost every day. He'd get up, and yeah, there'd be one there, and he wouldn't even know it was there. And it just sucks when they get old. It really does. Yeah, it's hard. Well, it ain't great when we get old either. No. Nope. <laughs> yeah, the difference is. But I haven't, but the I haven't is, pooped yet on the floor. Well, I was going to say, you're not pooping in my living room like Buddy was. And, yeah, um, invite me over sometime. And that'll be Jan's <laughs> responsibility, and she'll have to decide how long she wants to until she puts you down. <laughs> oh, listen, I want. Very seriously, when I get to the point where you're pooping in the living room, where I'm yeah pooping in the living room and don't know what's going on, I want to be put down. Yeah. How long do you think she would put up with you pooping in the living room? Put as long as I did, buddy. She yeah. You think for at least a year? Well, at first she'd be like suitor. You're walking around with. Diet. What are you doing, <laughs> Steve? And then she'd send me outside to yeah. poop, <laughs> Regar- regardless of conditions. <laughs> like, yeah, Andy just didn't care. I mean, oh, buddy cares. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is we had that new carpeting at the station, at, at the landing, and she came in, Andy, and just took, I immediately mean, peed. Immediately peed and a lot of pee. Yes. Uh, and then the next thing she did was 
went for my dog's throat. <laughs> Instantly. Yeah. My, what a, my dog is kicked Barry's ass. Yeah, my dog's sitting behind me going, get this thing out. Get this yeah. vicious cur out of here. Yeah. Was your dog? That's dangerous, though, because there's always tougher dogs. Uh, like yeah. your dog would have been in serious tr- I mean, I used to have a black chow that was about 100 pounds that w- that hated other dogs other than the one that I yeah. had to live with. Loved humans, but just hated. I, uh, it would, I mean, and it was, it was a destructive, mean... I mean, I watched it take down other dogs. Um, so, yeah, you're lucky those two never. Because what was it, Andy? Andy would not have fared well. Andy yeah. was a foxhound mix. Andy would have had trouble with a 100-pound black chow. I would imagine. And she was mean, but, man, she loved people. I mean, I remember when we were camping and she killed that raccoon right in front of us. Just gutted it and shook it really hard. <laughs> oh, then she comes up and there's still blood hanging from uh. her teeth. And she wanted, she loved to cuddle. She loved to get between your legs and lean up against you and cuddle and put all her weight against you. And I'm just like, man, and she still had guts on her. You're listening wanted... to National Geographic. I'll never forget that. We were out at Jester Park, Sailorville Lake, out in Des Moines. This would have been probably 25 years ago. Because, boy, Bear was put down in 2001. She's been dead for 20 years. Wow. But yeah, she she did. This raccoon was trying to get into our tent. We had no because we had left food uncovered. Uh huh. And bear once bear just once she realized what was going on, man, it was on. And you should have heard that raccoon scream when bear bit down on it. I never had a mean dog. I, I had uh, Timmy was before we got Timmy. No, what do you say mean? Mean to people? Bear was not mean to people. Well, I mean, bear was great really with people. Not not mean to animals other than. Other than, uh, and I don't know that it was mean. I thought it was uh, it was rather nice of him. Uh, Rudy would go out and see a bunny and uh, she eat the bunny. That'd well, be that. Lakota used to but kill he, bunnies left and right. But possum. he wouldn't rip them to shreds. He'd swallow them. Hey, here one last little short bear story. Yeah. Uh, my buddy <laughs> was running with bear and he had him around. He had a the rope around his waist mm-hmm. and he had about a 10, 12 foot rope with bear running. And a Airedale, you've seen Airedales. Yeah, it should sure. be pretty big, and yeah. it broke out of its front porch of its house and went and attacked Bear in the street. And that's not a good idea. Within 15 seconds, that Airedale was pleading for life, and its owner tried to sue my buddy, saying that your dog attacked. And luckily, a neighbor witnessed the whole thing and said, "No, the child was defending itself. It it did a very good job of defending yeah. itself, and they the lawsuit was never pursued. I mean, had that witness not been there, my buddy could have been in trouble." But it did. This Airedale came, jumped, and it just, and then within f- seconds, Bear was in position, and boom, attack. Yeah, they're, they're strong. They are. And she did look just like she was pitch black. I hadn't seen a black child before. I'd never. And when my buddy got her from the neighbor who was abusing it, it was, she was way underfed, so we didn't really know what kind of dog it was. And, and her hair had been clipped. And she had the black tongue, and too. The, she had the black tongue a little bit, but then all of a sudden, you could tell once she started eating normal food, she grew into this chow. And no. she learned to like look, a Lolo, the other dog that was already there. And that was the only dog I ever... And she worshipped Lolo because she knew she had to. It was Lolo's world that she was living in. But any other dog, man, it was on. And that, that, got, you know, that could be a nuisance. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you got to worry. Well, I mean, Lily, when we got Lily... I, Is she a know, fighter she, or a lover? Uh, she's a lover. But she, she uh, was, I think, like 89 pounds or something. Mm-hmm. And within three weeks, she was 120 pounds. I mean, so she she'd was, been underfed. She'd been underfed, and the, well, Lakota had a tapeworm. He yeah. was 39 pounds when I right. got him. He well, looked like a greyhound. She had a urinary tract infection that we dealt with for a year, and 
haven't dealt with it since, thank God. And she was, I mean, you could tell she just was left outside on a chain. And then yeah. she was dumped in the Unfortunately, park. Unfortunately, it happens a lot, man. It yeah. does. It sucks. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, winter, if I did, the only thing I don't miss about dogs is the shedding. Well, I've never seen anything like Lily. That's <laughs> oh, I have. She really looks like Pigpen. I got a buddy of mine who has a dog now that it just shed. I mean, you look at it, it sheds. That's the only thing I don't yep. miss because Bud, Buddy and Lakota both shed a lot. I mean, they had black hair too. I mean, it was every day, twice a day vacuum. If not, it just. That's one thing I don't miss. But I'd still yeah. put up with that to have him around still. You um, would. Yeah, yeah so. she sheds. She said oh yeah, I've pet your good. dog. I mean, it just—I yeah. went home and I'm like, what? I'm, it was all over my <laughs> yeah. coat. And yeah. See, after, that would just drive me insane. But that's part of the love, I guess. Yeah. Because I've had dogs that shed. You just put up with it. Oh, she's a good. How often do you guys run your vac? Or is your house just? Does it look like a big fur carpet? Yeah, it's just—it looks like shag carpet. No, okay. no. You jam- have to vacuum at like least five, once a day, don't four you? or five times a day. Yeah, we'll sweep. I mean, we don't—you know—we're not vacuuming four times a day. Most of it. Uh, settles in the it's gravity it settles in the living room yeah <laughs> so your living room do you have carpet or is it just dog hair no it's, over cement it, no yeah over cement there's just enough dog hair to I'm wear living to, <laughs> you're like the darlings all right let's yeah. let's get on to sports we have ed horton coming on i like i said i feel sort of bad i reached out to him i should have tried to reach out to him sooner i reached out to him early yesterday afternoon heard back from him Pretty late last night, and he said he's got meetings this morning, but he's told us to call him at 1030, and I've got the number. He's going to give us some time, and I can't wait to get his thoughts. I'm sure he's up to date. I know when we had him on about three years ago, he was still following Iowa basketball, and talked to him about tonight's game, get his thoughts on that, and also um, look back at um, his time, and like Tom, you were saying, the time we had it on, you weren't here, right? No. Uh-uh. So this will be something new for you and no he was good i remember our listeners we got some really good feedback and those iowa illinois games from 87 to 89 they were, were wars they were wars class well iowa illinois and michigan and indiana those were i remember and purdue was pretty good but just there and the thing with iowa illinois that made it so big was ed was from springfield mm-hmm. and all those illinois players most of them were all from illinois i mean kendall gill lowell hamilton um kenny battle he had transferred from Northern Illinois down to Illinois. Stephen Bardo, they were all from Illinois. These guys all grew up together. Stephen Bardo, I believe, was he from Carbondale? I'm not he sure. May have, he, may, he may have been. Um, but, no, it'll be interesting to hear him talk about tonight's game and to look back at what was a fun era of Iowa basketball. I mean, when George Raveling brought these players in here and then Dr. Tom figured out a way to make it work, that was two or three of the funnest years. Now, you would love to have seen them win a Big Ten title. It never happened, but they still went fifteen and three. And imagine they went fifteen and three and finished second, third in the league. Yeah, think about that. It's a heck of a team, though. Oh, it was great. They were great teams. I mean, BJ, Roy, and Ed were. I mean, power forward, small forward, point guard. I mean, they. Kevin Gamble was. Kevin Gamble good. was good, and he was he was Eddie's teammate. Now he was. Uh, Kevin Gamble was obviously older. He was ahead of them. Yeah. And um, But, no, it was a glory era of Iowa basketball, and it was neat the way they all stayed together. Remember, we had B.J. on, and he talked about how B.J. was going to transfer because he didn't think he was good enough. Remember that? Mm-hmm. He didn't play much as a freshman under Raveling. He was, just got passed over, and remember, he was on here saying, I, I think he said he was going to go to Central Michigan. Yeah, he was ready. And then Dr. Tom took him and said, come to the – Come on to China trip with us. I think that China trip, in a lot of ways, was I think that really brought that team closer together, and I think they figured out what they were all about. So, 
I mean, it'll be interesting. I'm going to ask Eddie how he would have defended Luca Garza, and <laughs> let's see what he says about that. And um, but no, tonight's game. I'm looking forward to it. I wish it was not at eight, but now I can at least I can do I can do the high school games with Ray. At least I can do the first one, and hopefully most, and then at least get back to watch the most of the Iowa game and then of course do the Zoom press conference afterwards. So I'll be able to do both tonight because yeah we have a double header up at Regina which mm-hmm. is right close to me so I can get home. And but no this is a big game. It's a huge game. It is. But it's also if they lose it's not the end of the world. But if they lose then there are two games behind Michigan in the loss you know then Well and then you've got two losses in a row and Yeah moment yeah and narratives change and what have you. Yeah. I guarantee, though, if they lose, Fran's not going to hit the panic button. Fran's not no. going to make wholesale changes or whatever. So, I mean, there's worse things than losing at Illinois in a basketball game. So if they do lose, fans still need to keep it in perspective. Now, if they go out and lose by 30, which is not like going to happen. Michigan State did last night. No, that was that, – well, that was like – remember, everyone – all these people were saying, wow, the ESO era is over. They got beat – Licklider beat him forty-three to thirty-six. Yeah, remember that? And Izzo came in there, I and I'll sure never, I was sitting in the front row, and he comes in there, and he grabs the stat sheet, and he shakes his head, and he goes, "That's the maybe that's probably the lowest moment I've ever had as a head coach." And I'm, <laughs> Licklider just he, he, he basted him. I mean, Lick, hello, hello. What hey. are your predictions for tonight? What do you think? I got happen? Illinois winning like eighty-seven, eighty-three, and I have eighty-six, eighty-one, Illinois. But like I said, yeah. I would not be st- surprised at all if Iowa won. No, well, of course not. I'm just giving Illinois home court advantage. Well, I've seen Illinois play really well at home, and then I've seen them not play well. So well, they've already lost twice at home. Yeah. So this yeah. game, there's a little more pressure on Illinois than Iowa. If Illinois loses, they're six and four in conference play. Yeah, they'll be. Iowa will be well, still one game ahead of them. So there's yeah. more pressure on Illinois. And if Iowa home. wins. Oh, it makes up for the Indiana loss and in my two, head. And Iowa's two games ahead of Illinois in the win- loss yeah. column then too. So yeah, yeah. And this is big for Illinois. Now, do you think the big, the big layoff we've had is going to hurt us? Mm, I don't know. I mean, you well, could Illinois argue either had way. A, a yeah, long break too. Every team's had long breaks. I don't think so. And I, I'm not sure about whether Frederick's going to play. My guess would be no. It's based on kind of how Fran talked yesterday, or but who knows, or Wednesday, but who knows. Well, maybe they'll be mad enough that because of that last loss, that they'll get out and do something. Well, yeah, I hope so. That's the you that's hope. the hope. That's the hope. And that's our women, they had too many turnovers. Way yesterday. too many turnovers. They were doing a good job, and then all of a sudden. Northwestern comes back, although Northwestern is a Northwestern's good. They're, They're just good. so much more athletic. Yep, they are. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. Northwestern was more athletic, and, and even Caitlin Clark, the person guarding her, wasn't as good a player, but was athletic or more athletic. They were just quicker to every ball, quicker to rebounds, easier for them to defend. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I watched it from start to finish. I mean, the passing to Susano was incredible. The post feeding mm-hmm. and what have you, but when they needed key stops, they just didn't have the athleticism to stop Northwestern. No. I know Lisa was really quite upset about them getting 34 free throws in the fourth quarter and we only getting eight. They yeah, had 34 free throws in the fourth no, quarter? No, for the whole game. Oh, okay. Well, she said for, I was, yeah. well part well, of that is quarter, part of that is they were they drove to the basket a lot more than Iowa did and forced Iowa to reach and move. And I mean, I could see why Lisa would be frustrated some. Don't get me wrong. Maybe there were some questionable calls. But if you watch that game, they've beaten Iowa twice. They beat Iowa last night without a starter. Mm-hmm. They're, I just think they're better right now. I just, and I think part of the reason they're better is because they're more athletic. Uh, 
I was wondering if more athletic teams managed to get the fouls more. I mean, managed to get more Probably because fouls you're quicker, against them. You're quicker to the spot, and you cause the other player who's not as quick to reach and grab. And I think that's maybe what happened. So, but Lisa may have had a legitimate gripe on some. Yeah, I saw a few that I wondered about. And then there's traveling. I kind of wondered about some of those. She did, though. It's traveling. Every call. And they were all the right call. They were all traveling. They were all traveling. They were all traveling. Yes, I watched them. They were all. She did shuffle her foot on all of them. Yeah. They'll teach her. But there were some that were called uh, baskets, and there was there was traveling on some of those for Illinois. Or Illinois. I did not see that, but, I mean, I don't know. I I don't think the officials were the reason Iowa lost yesterday. I mean, oh, way no. too many I turnovers. Caused by quickness. I think we had just way too many turnovers. Yep. There you go. Well, let's hope better luck tonight. And, well, and I mean, then what is it, it we play Sunday? Similar scenario, Illinois is more athletic than Iowa. I don't know if they're a better basketball team, but when you say they're more, yes. more athletic at most it, of the positions? Definitely. Yeah. Okay, guys, we'll see you. All right, Carney. You have the Iowa schedule in front of you, don't you? Uh, yeah, I think so. we got Michigan State on the second, but there's a game before. She was just asking. Yeah, Michigan State on the second, Ohio State on the fourth. That's in Iowa City. And there's nothing before Illinois, nothing in between Illinois and Michigan State, right? No. Okay. So Michigan State the second, Ohio State the fourth, Indiana the seventh, Rutgers the tenth. It'll be interesting to see if they try to squeeze Nebraska in there. Um, but no, I want Michigan State looked. They looked as bad as I mean. Aaron Henry took a couple shots. I. Where he basically threw it up like he was playing volleyball almost. It didn't even. They didn't even come close to hitting the rim. I mean, their their offense just looked inept. It was dysfunction in the second half, and I kept saying to myself, "This is Michigan State." It was brutal. Yeah, they don't have anybody to pilot the offense, and they don't they don't click like Michigan State's teams generally do. And they Josh Langford couldn't do anything. They well, they just still they just don't have good point guard play. I no, mean, they, no. I think they got spoiled for so many years with Cleves and Cassius Winston, and I mean, just they're right there. That's eight years of yeah. two guys, um, and they don't have that right now. And it's but boy, it was brutal. Watching. And it shows they're not a they're not a. NCA team by it. what are they now two and five in conference play two they've and, lost five yeah they're not an NCA team and that's why I don't want to sound like the party pooper but I don't think the Big Ten is as good as we thought it was a month ago yeah maybe not I just don't because do you think Rutgers is a Poss- not, possibly an NCAA team. oh I think they're possibly an NCAA team but do you think they're a team that's going to make an elite eight final no four? I don't either no not at all they just don't there's stuff missing. Ohio them. State is coming on. Coming on, yes. And they avoided a stinker the other night. They had yeah. every reason to lose at home to Penn State, and yet they still found a way to win. That's a good sign. Yeah. Ohio State is coming on. They're a well coached. They've got they don't have any big star players. They just got a bunch of nice pieces. Now we're breaking it down. We're yeah. getting ready for Ed. I was wondering, geez, how it's a ninety-minute death march to get to that interview. Well, we could tell Eddie could tell us about his pets. That he's had over the years. Death. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What if he had? What if he's not a pet person? He might not be. You know. So I don't know. want to talk about that. Ninety-minute death march, Captain. Is that a fair description? <laughs> no, actually, a fair one is a five and a half hour death. Oh, march. true, true. God, I just realized we're already a third yeah. of the way. We're one third of the way. Until one third of the way there. There is a light at the end of this tunnel of despair. There really is. <laughs> 
Well, why don't we take our break and, uh, and then we'll come back and come we'll... back with more uh, pet talk. <laughs> Any um, Tyler did talk. Tyler actually has two stories up. He talked to that walk-on running back from Dallas Center. Uh-huh. Who he is coming to play running back. He's not a fullback, and he also talked to this kid. I'm pulling for this kid, this Devin Hilson from Des Moines North. They haven't had a Division One football scholarship player in 30 years. My mom graduated from Des Moines wow. North back in '48. And this kid, it looks like he's on their, He's one of their finalists for like one or two last scholarships. So I'm pulling for this kid. It would be neat to see a kid from the Des Moines City School, one of the city schools. I mean, Des Moines North, is, <laughs> they have really struggled in football over the years. And this would be, it would be nice. It would be something good for the community down there. So yeah. we'll see because signing day is next Wednesday. I was yep. thinking maybe, maybe we'll think about having Tyler on, have him call in and maybe just kind of update things on Wednesday. Well, that'd be fine. Signing day, which I don't think there's going to be much because – They've signed. Signed most. Well, they signed everything. They got a walk-on quarterback from um, New Jersey, from Milford Academy in Connecticut. He's. I saw. Um, he's some. I can't remember his name, but yeah, they have a kid. He's a twenty-one guy. So they have a. They have a walk-on quarterback and a quarterback in the twenty-one class. They have a walk-on running back, but they still don't have a running back on scholarship. But this kid from North may kind of be their running back. Although I think he's going to end up playing linebacker if he comes here. And he's got an offer from Northern Iowa, so we'll see. We can talk about all that when we come back. Cool beans. We'll be right back. You know, it's something. This Jen that's doing these. Oh, press, she's good. Yeah, she's good, and no matter who asks the question, she smiles at them and answers, and they smile. They're all smiling in there. Mm-hmm. There's like no, nobody wants to kill each other. And they know that she's <laughs> telling them the truth yeah. as she knows it, yeah. rather than uh, knowing you're getting lied to. Yeah, no. Yeah, uh, she's got the 60-minute uh, death watch. <laughs> we'll be back. 1-800-800-ROSE 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist is the only number you need to know to send flowers anywhere in the country or Canada from anywhere in the country 1-800-800-ROSE It's so easy, just remember one number 1-800-800-ROSE Your FTD florist 1-800-800-ROSE Remember... For a gift that your loved one will treasure for a lifetime, find it at our family-owned jewelry store in Iowa City, Pertine and Stocker Jewelers. We can show you diamond engagement rings, colored stones, fashion jewelry, and watches. Our jewelers are on site, so we can design jewelry for that special person in your life. We are Hertine and Stocker, serving Iowa City and the surrounding area for three generations. Hertine and Stocker Jewelers, downtown Iowa City, and HertineandStockerJewelers.com. Ask for Willa, Terry, Tim, or Kate. One of us is always there. Over the years, car keys have gotten extremely complex. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can generate the most technically advanced automotive keys on the market today. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars can produce most conventional, transponder, sidewinder, and remote-headed keys. If you've lost the keys to your car or simply need a duplicate, call 330-9185. Mike's Lock and E-Keys for Cars has the technology to keep you on the road. Call 330-9185 and schedule an appointment today. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyok Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyok family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style, breakfast Saturday, 
Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxiocomb with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxiocin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxioke family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxioke Inn in the heart of Amana. The Oxioke Inn. Hey everybody, it's Kevin here from Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your local TV expert, and I want to tell you about Dish TV. If technology, value, and customer satisfaction are important to you, then it's time to cut the cable cord once and for all. Upgrade your TV experience and start saving with Dish today. Drop by Big Dog Satellite and Solar on Blairs Ferry Road in front of Rockwell. Call 3950800 or visit us on the web at BigDogSatellite.com. We are Big Dog Satellite and Solar, your locally operated and trusted satellite TV experts. Don't let just anyone take care of your smile. At Diamond Dental, you can expect compassion, expertise, and a personalized care plan to protect your teeth for life. With more than 30 years of combined experience, Dr. Forbes and his staff are prepared to tackle even your toughest dental problems, leaving your smile healthy and sparkling. Diamond Dental offers a full range of general and cosmetic dentistry, as well as dental treatment options for snoring and sleep apnea. It's never too early to start thinking about what's best for your smile. Schedule an appointment today by calling 319-390-3703 or visiting the office at 5815 Consul Street Northeast, Suite D1 in Cedar Rapids. You can also visit DiamondDentalPC.com for more information. Dr. Forbes is a proud sponsor of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club and the Inner Circle. Let the Diamond Dental team provide superior care for your entire family. Hi, this is Steve Anderson with Hawkeye Title and Settlement in Iowa City. Whether it's a crazy real estate market, record low interest rates, or the COVID-19 virus, we are living in unprecedented times. But know that my remarkable team at Hawkeye is literally working around the clock and in unique and adaptable ways to try to make every deal close smoothly and on time. We appreciate your understanding, patience, and flexibility as we power through this tough time. We're going to get through this together. Car won't steer? Call Premier. Premier Automotive in North Liberty offers full-service mechanical auto repair work in addition to being Eastern Iowa's most trusted name in auto body repair. Use Premier for all your auto repair needs. Brakes, oil changes, air conditioning, diagnostics, transmissions, or preventive maintenance. Whether you hit a deer or your car won't steer, see Premier Automotive in North Liberty. GT Car, owner of Supel Siding and Remodeling, offers service and quality that is unmatched in the area. At Supel Siding and Remodeling, their trained professionals will install and guarantee the products used in any size job done. Regardless of the project, Supel Siding and Remodeling will stand behind their quality products and installation with exceptional customer service. Whether it's a window replacement, a kitchen remodel, or a house addition, our employees are committed to quality. Visit sales at souples.net or call 337-2246. Hi, this is Bill Eichstring of the Oxyoke Inn. Our doors are open again. Although the way we serve you is different, we're still here and ready to welcome you. We've learned a lot about keeping you and our staff safe. What hasn't changed is our commitment of trust to you and your family. Our Oxyoke family is ready to take care of you in our four dining rooms with the same quality of food, attention to detail, and customer service you've come to trust for the past 80 years. 
Those values are now more important than ever. Now serving family style breakfast Saturday and Sunday with lunch, dinner, and banquets daily. Don't forget, you can still order curbside carryout and take the comforting taste of the Oxyocomb with you to share at your family's table. Visit Oxyokin.com, Instagram, or our Facebook page for menu and weekly specials. From our Oxyok family to yours, we can't wait to see you again soon. And we'll be glad you're here at the Oxyok Inn in the heart of Amana. KCJJ Weather brought to you by the Iowa City Burger Hall on the Ped Mall. We are keeping an eye on a potential winter storm system that's going to impact the area this weekend. Um, generally late Saturday, Saturday night into Sunday. And the possibility is there for three to six inches, maybe a little more in a few spots. So uh, if you have travel plans this weekend, stay in touch with the forecast. Today, mostly cloudy. 29 this afternoon, the wind southeast 5 to 15. 25 tonight. Tomorrow, cloudy. 35, freezing rain, then snow in the afternoon. I'm meteorologist Sean Cable on the mighty 16. 1930 KCJJ. Right now it's 19. Winter storm watch has been issued uh, for tomorrow afternoon through Sunday morning. Heavy mixed precipitation possible. Total snow accumulations depending on where you be. Uh, four to eight inches along and north of Interstate 80. Ice accumulations with a light glaze possible. Uh, travel could become uh, difficult, uh, especially Saturday night. So. We'll keep you posted 24 hours a day. We update the weather here. The mighty 1630 KCJJ. Hawkfanatic.com. So Saturday night, I might not even want to travel into our living room. It's going to be rough. Could be icy. I'm glad I live south of Interstate 80. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Seems like Interstate 80 is often the break It sure does. As odd as that is, it does. I believe they planned it that way. Dwight Eisenhower, right? Was yeah. He the yeah. one who did the interstate? Yeah. 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 Poor Hunter, man. He's in there just struggling. You okay, Jim? Give him some water. Do we need to put you down? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> 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 He'll willingly let you put him down. Well, just put him to sleep or just like rest him on the couch? <laughs> put him to sleep. <laughs> All right, somebody say something. Something. Well, it'll be fun talking to Eddie Horton. Yeah. He's, uh, now let's, let's just hope I'll bet he's a good... Let's just hope his meeting doesn't run long, because he's doing his best to squeeze us in, because like you said, he was really busy this morning. What is he doing now? Um, you know, I've something to do with... At one point, I think he was working for the school system or... or or, or the correction system. I don't know. We'll have to ask him specifically what he's doing well, now. I'm a, there's a difference between the school system and the correction. Well, yes, I understand yes, that, sir. but I just, but there's no reason you couldn't do both during the course of your 30 year career. This and is I, true. I, yeah. I think that he's done. I at one point I thought that he was maybe a counselor. I, I don't know for sure what he's doing now. I know he's got a family with children and. Um, has done a lot of good things since he left here, and I know he played briefly in the NBA. But no, we'll ask. Well, we can ask him what he's doing. I can't remember what he said th- when we talked to him. Like it's been God, it's been about three years. Yeah, and he could be doing something else, you know. And I don't think we've talked to him since Roy passed away. And I mean, they were really tight. Roy, BJ, and Ed. I mean, they were, they were the threesome that you know. They'll just saying those three names, and you know, what Iowa fans know right away what you mean. You don't even need the last names. Yeah. And, it and was for a, this team, it's probably Jabo Garza and Wheezy. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, I would say for, yeah, the, those are the three. Bruner, Horner, Haluska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just, I, I Wikipedia'd him. And What's it say he's doing? It doesn't. It just uh, talks about his basketball career and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could probably Google more specific and do like Ed Horton Springfield, or because I, I, I know he was he's back in Springfield. That's his hometown, and what have you. But I, but I'm not exactly sure what he's doing right now. I mean, well, well, we should find out in 45 minutes. He's in his early 50s, a little younger than I am. I mean, Ed was three years behind me in school, and I missed that era. I got to the Press Citizen in June of '91, <laughs> so I missed them by two years. With this article, like. What's that? <laughs> this article ain't good. Article about what? About uh, Ed. What's it say? It's from uh, 2016. Ed Norton was fired from his job. Ed Horton. Ed, Ed Horton. What did I say? Norton. Norton. <laughs> He's an actor, right? <laughs> yes. Ed Horton fired from his job um, uh, as uh, a high school study hall supervisor two months after authorities alleged he yelled profanities at officers inside the school. No, well, that's... well, we won't be talking about that, probably. But So, yeah, he was. Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure what he's doing now, and I have no idea what that was about. But, well, one thing, one thing we do know about Ed Horton is he, he's a tough guy who didn't take crap from anybody. I mean, that's for sure. He and, was a truancy officer. Okay, so yeah, I was. Yeah. I knew it had something to do with what I did. Was I kind of combined them both, and um, I think he's got like five children. And Gatons keeps in touch with him a lot. You know, Mike was actually the one who gave us the idea about having him on three years ago. Mike and Ed are still pretty close. And um, so well, you mentioned that you missed that era. Uh, I sort of did too because I was on the road with the band. I mean, we got to see you know some games. But it's not the same as, you know, going to the Yeah, games. no, I watched a lot of those games. I just wasn't, I mean, I wasn't. His father was uh, you know, nicknamed, his father his, died at 51. Yeah, his father had some issues. Yeah, he was uh, nicknamed Cornbread. Yeah, no, his father was, um, so yeah, Ed, I mean, nobody's perfect. I've always been fond of him, though, because he was a Hawkeye and he protected his brothers and if you went down that lane against Iowa, you were going to deal. You could with, pay for it. You were going to deal with Eddie Horton, and he was a Hawkeye through and through, and came here. George Raveling got him here, mm-hmm. and then Tom Davis helped him reach. Coached him up. Tom Davis coached him up. Man, Bill Jones, Kevin Gamble, Jerry Wright, Michael Reeves. I mean, think about all the yeah. players from back then. Al Lorenzen, Brad Lowhouse. I mean. The, that roster was. Didn't just, they have like seven guys on mm-hmm. that one roster that went to, to the NBA? Yeah, they played at some in the NBA. Yeah, not all of them played a ton, but they still. Well, BJ Roy and Ed all played in the NBA. Yeah. Then you had Brad Lohaus, Kevin Gamble. There's five right there. Um, so yeah, it was a stacked roster. I'll never forget. My, the big disappointment though was BJ Roy and Ed their senior year. It, remember, I think they got beat by North Carolina State. Wasn't it Rodney, Rodney Monroe, I think, scored like... I think you're right. And boom. It was just... I remember watching that game. It's and just I, over. I'm like, wow, it's over. Roy, BJ, and Ed will never play another game for Iowa. And boom. Without going into it, I think he had good reason to be torqued. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not anti-police or anything, but there's times no. where, you know, maybe someone has a right to... Yeah. You know, no, we won't go into... We no, won't. I'm not bringing in... No, I we... Just, no, no. 
you ask what it was about, and I yeah, no, that's that's fine. And like yeah, I said, so, I but I, I mean, look forward uh, reading on. And, I would know. love to have the guts to ask him about the episodes with the wrestlers, but I'm not sure that's fair to do without a warning. You know, I mean, I don't know how because it's legendary. I mean, people love. I mean, I tweeted that we're going to have him on, and someone said, "Hey, ask him how he got got along with the wrestlers." I mean, you guys know those stories. No, I don't. I can't rec- I recall the specifics, but yes, well, there I were do. there were. Fights between the basketball players and the wrestlers back then, and supposedly one, I believe, was at. at um, can't remember the. Well, bar. they weren't necessarily spontaneous, were they? No, but one of them was at a popular hangout downtown, and according to legend, I wasn't there. I know some people were there. The wrestlers bit off a little bit more than they could chew because of Eddie Horton. Well, I think that uh, is a if it. The questioning goes. We'll see. We'll see if that's appropriate. Because Gaten's kind of suggested to me that maybe that's not a fair question to ask. But I mean, I don't mean anything. Did you ask Eddie the Kinnick question the last time? I think we did, okay. and I think he said Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, I yeah. think great answer. But I, I did. We did not talk about. He may laugh at that stuff. I mean, nobody got arrested or anything, and whatever. But I just know legend has it that the wrestlers bit off a little bit more than they can chew because Eddie Horton was really tough. I well, and I think Roy Marble. That. Roy Marble was pretty tough too. <laughs> yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Roy Marble was tough. I mean, just cause, I mean, because wrestlers are tough. Yes, they but are. But wrestlers aren't six eight, two hundred and sixty mm-hmm. pounds. No, I mean, no. You could have had a little hundred and twenty five pounder coming at Eddie's knees, and Eddie may have stomped on him. You know, but th- those are legendary stories about what happened during the summer of eighty seven. I believe it was, from what I was told. So, and I'll admit that's sort of always intrigued me, you know. And I just remember how much of an enforcer Eddie was on the court. I mean, he just telling you if I had to have. I don't think that's a bad question to ask. If I had to name five Iowa athletes to lead me down a dark alley of all time, He'd Eddie be right Horton there. would be right there, um, probably with Alex Karras. Um, let's see who else. Maybe Riley Reef. Remember him? Yeah. Um, I don't want to be prejudiced against the wrestlers, but a lot of the great wrestlers were 135, 140 pounds. One of the Bannock brothers, well, I would. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd feel really comfortable. Mark Bortz, wouldn't mind him leading my way, but um, Eddie Horton would definitely be. Brett Bielema back in the day would be a decent choice. Yeah, but no knock on Brett, but I could think of five before Brett. No knock on Brett. I, I'm Bob Sanders. I mean, I could think of um, hell. Duke Slater played football without a helmet. I wouldn't mind him leading me down a dark alley, you know? Yeah. But Eddie Horton, that's just kind of the, the repu- his, that was his reputation. And that team needed that because a lot of those players on that team were finesse. I don't want to say they were soft, but they were finesse. Bill Jones, B.J. Armstrong, mm-hmm. Brad Lowhouse. Those guys were skinny finesse players. They needed someone like Ed to install a little attitude, and he did. I mean, Ed was, Ed was the power forward deluxe and. So, yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how. I, mean, I just want to make sure we get it because, like I said, he's pretty busy and he's kind enough to give us his time on little. I apologize for giving him no notice, but that's unfortunately that's how I roll. It didn't occur to me, hey, let's have Ed Horton on, see if we can have yeah. Eddie on to talk about the game. I think it's a, an appropriate day for that. And the game is still how many hours away? Let's see, it's almost 10. So what are we looking at? 10, 10 hours? 10 hours until tip-off. Hello. Was it the Indiana team that inbounded the ball around yes. Ed's face? Well, I thought it was Brad yeah. Lowhouse's face. I thought it was uh, Horton. I don't think it was Horton. It was if it was Lowhouse Horton, too. I think that arena would have been shut down. I don't think that passer would have survived. If that, I, I could be wrong. We'll ask him. I know Brad Lowhouse got hit in the face by Indiana. 
And right, but, uh, but maybe Ed thanks. did. I just don't think that's Ed, my recollection. I don't think Ed would have taken it the same way Brad Lowhouse did. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't think, and I don't think Indiana would have thrown the ball. If you're the Indiana strategist, are you say, okay? Let's. Do we want to throw this thing at Brad Lowhouse or Ed Horton? Who are you picking? I think they made the right choice. I think they did. <laughs> and that's no knock on Brad Lowhouse. He played a decade no? in the NBA, yes, but. He did. I and I'm not knocking Brad, but who would you rather have leading you down a dark alley, no Brad Lowhouse or Ed Horton? <laughs> no question. Okay, we have a call. Yeah, hello. Uh, they did it to Kent Hill too. That's right. Kent Hill was the other one. So it was Lowhouse and Kent Hill, right? Yeah, I do remember that. Kent Hill was nobody to mess with either. No. Oh, he was tough. Remember Don Patterson's story? He went out for football for a, a day. Yes. <laughs> remember. <that? laughs> hello. Hey guys, Mike Gatons. Hey, hey Mike, how you doing, Mike? Really good, really good. Say, I, I'm just leaving to go see Stone, man, Steve Stone. But I, uh, you're talking about Eddie. I mean, it just makes me uh, feel so good about that man. Ask him about, if you don't mind. He has like two families, guys. He has his older kids and his younger kids. Okay, it's really incredible. Incredible. His son is. I think his son's really a player. His youngest son oh. is really a player. How old, approximately? But what I really, what what I really want you to, you know, ask him about is because it's really cool. Um, uh, somebody by the name of Wright, uh, Pat, that uh, played at uh, Drake back when Eddie was playing. He was a good player. W R I G H T. I believe. Was it Joey Wright? Pardon me. Was it Joey Wright? No, somebody at Drake, I might be off on the name. But anyway, he goes in for years. He's driven in from Springfield, and he'll stop. And, you know, uh, he raises money uh, to help these kids in Des Moines. And this guy puts on clinics uh, Pop right? on Friday and Saturday. Is it Pardon me? Rodney Popright? It's Popright. Okay, yeah, that's okay. Right. Yeah, no, I remember. Yep. Yeah, Rodney was a really good player at Drake. Yeah. So ask, that, that is just a heartwarming thing. But uh, one day we were together, and I called Dr. Tom. I said, Dr. Tom, are you home? He goes, yeah. I said, well, I hate calling you and just jumping in on you, but I've got one of your former players in my car. Could, could we stop by? He said, Mike, get over here. And <clears throat> opened up the door. And if you could have seen Dr. Tom's face when Eddie Horton was standing there, it just brings chills to me, guys. Um, That's a neat story. But Eddie Horton, I heard about, you know, you Google anybody, you better be careful. But I heard, you know, Captain Steve, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you Googled him and everything because I'm sure what happened there. And he went back to his old high school. He's a truant officer. I was, it was so great. And I'm sure, you know, something happened with uh, the incarceration of some young young student and, mm-hmm. and Eddie probably didn't think it was right, and obviously he said a bad word, and all of a sudden you lose your job. Plus, intimidate, you know, I've never been in a fight in my life, never will be. I mean, if I got in a fight, the judge would say, uh, just lock him up. You know, you've got to be real careful. Uh-huh. Um, I've never, ever, I've had people hit me, well, that's a whole different thing. I just walk away because it's not good, but... He is, what he's doing is very interesting. I can't remember. It's got something to do with conservation, um, energy, something. But, okay. Uh, 
We'll find out. I'm really proud of yeah. I'm really proud of that man, and you're, it's you'll have a blast with him. And, and thanks a lot, guys. Hey, Mike, ben, I want to ask you. Well, we've got you on the air. What if we want to bring yeah. a the 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 stuff about him battling with the wrestlers back then for fun? Will he talk about yeah. that and have fun with it? I'm not. I'm. We're not trying to. I think it's hilarious. Right. I, I mean, I right. I, I you, just would, I would love to get his version of what happened. <laughs> what well, you and I talked about that. I think in a fun way. I don't want to you embarrass him. Do that and see. No, and see where it goes. I mean, you know the story. I know the story. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, um, yeah, I, th- I think you could. You okay. know, just say, you know, we'll you were a pretty tough guy. You know, like, you were a tough guy. And, um, how about the wrestler? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, a hypothetical, but, how do you think a group of that, Iowa basketball would, players would do against a group of Iowa wrestler. There you go. Or he's hey, say, guy. Eddie, this current yeah. Iowa wrestling team is hey. ranked number. No, we'll figure out a way, Mike. And hey, if you want to call in while we have hey. him on, you, you, we can give you the business number line if you want to call in and say hi to him when we get him on. No, 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 no. This, this is Eddie. Okay, hey, okay. Tom, hey, Tom. Yeah. Tom, let me just t- let me just tell you, the basketball players really held their own. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been. Yes, kidding. indeed. And I've been told that Ed was a big reason why they did. Well, you know, you know what he told me, guys, and this will really bring chills to you. He said, "Mike, I lost my daddy twice." And I go, "I go, I know, Eddie." He got incarcerated down in Leavenworth for mm-hmm. I don't know what, but it wasn't it, for life, and it wasn't good. And then when he died, he goes, "Mike, I lost my daddy twice." It's sad, oh, and that's man. what that man, that man has been a great daddy. A great husband. I mean, he has girls. I think he has girls in their twenties, mm-hmm. and these uh, two younger ones are in their early teens. Maybe it's it's like he said, Mike. It's like two different. I said, you're having a blast with that. Have fun, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, Mike. Go Thanks, Hawks. Gator. Go right. dogs. There yes. you go. Go, go dogs. dogs. Go dogs, <laughs> man. That. that I mean, By the way, Mike, uh, bad words uh, made it possible for me to afford to buy the station. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Steve, you're something else. You know what? You are a piece of work. <laughs> Thanks, Gator. Hey, what do you think? Hey, hey, let's just keep winning games in Des Moines and Iowa City, huh? Sounds good to me. Love to see him play in the NCAA tournament. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah, that'd be great. Let's let's get the Illini. Okay, Mike. Amen, Thanks. brother. See you later. Bye-bye. Thanks, guys. I'm glad he called to kind of yeah. show us. I mean, yeah, so... Um, but yeah, that's fun thinking back. So we'll figure out a way to uh, to tactfully approach that subject. We'll see how it's going. But um, I want to ask him. I'm sure you about his. Didn't he say his son is? Uh, yeah, I want to find out more about I'm him. I'm surprised we haven't seen. You know, he's, he's he he's, must be young enough where it's not really on the he's radar. He's not like yet. four stars by rivals yet in the sixth grade class or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Side that kid. He's in fourth grade. Well, it's. I mean, they start doing it around sixth grade. You start no, they, they seeing do. some serious breakdown, which is. I mean, we've known about Jack McCaffrey for at least two years, and he's in seventh grade, eighth, I think. Is he in eighth now? I think oh, he's finally in. eighth. He's finally in eighth grade. Okay, so yeah, because he'll be at West High next year, is what I've been told. So yeah, and he's six six and a half right now, and I know Fran told yeah, me when that you the, say finally, and I mean he. 
he didn't, he didn't fail. So. No, <laughs> no, okay. no. He's saying it based on the amount of exposure. I mean, <laughs> court, I mean, some of these, some of these internet services start chronicling these kids when they're in fifth and sixth grade. That's ridiculous. And I haven't heard quite as much about Weezy's brother, but he's supposed to be pretty good too. Yeah, I haven't. I don't. I don't keep up. That's why I pay Tyler. I don't keep up with that stuff as much. Recruiting has changed so much since I got into this business thirty years ago. Back then, it was a lot. Now it's just so much smoke and mirrors, and it's just not the same. So yeah, luckily, that's why I appreciate having someone like Tyler, who's younger and he can deal with all the smoke and mirrors and just there's just I don't know a lot of pandering that goes on. It's just not for me, but I know that it's important. That's why yes. I pay Tyler to do it. You know, I'd like to have Tyler do it for free, but he won't do it. <laughs> you know, I can't, I figure, I can't get him to, can't get him to agree on that. But no, he had two recruiting stories up yesterday. And so what did Gaten say that he said that the basketball players did, they did okay. They held their own. <laughs> they, held their, <laughs> they held their own. You know, that was back, well, not that Iowa wrestling's ever been, but Iowa wrestling in the mid 80s. Although 86, they had one of their best teams ever. But by 88, I think they may have finished like seventh or sixth or seventh at the tournament. I remember Arizona State won it one year. But still, those are, those are legendary mm. tales that I started hearing shortly after moving up here to Iowa City. Oh, man, you got to remember the summer of blah, blah, blah. And I think a lot of that stuff had been building, too. And I think both sides knew that there would be people out. And they, it, it, this thing was almost unavoidable. It was going to happen. And it, so it did. And... Luckily, nobody was injured. Nobody was arrested, from what I can tell. Yeah, I don't think so. But, but we'll, we'll see. But, yeah, I know Mike had told me that Eddie, I think he says he has five children, and he's just a devoted family man. And Ed, Ed overcame a lot. I mean, when you, you, when you lose your father like that, that's mm-hmm. a tough environment to grow up in. And I give him credit for, I mean, he, he wasn't perfect. Nobody is. But I give him credit for what he was able to achieve and what he's doing now. It sounds like he's made a big impact on kids lives and what, what you're saying captain it sounds like he was defending a student and we don't need to go into detail about yeah, it Yeah, he was defending someone yeah and that you know i mean we've seen that happen a lot well yeah. and it's springfield you know it's springfield it's southern illinois um and it's racial down there <laughs> yeah i mean just yeah say it the is least. without yeah. question yeah southern yeah. <clears throat> i mean southern illinois is not chicago put it that way yeah you got little Egypt down there, and that's I think. Uh, yeah, and then you get around Paducah, Kentucky, and Carbondale, Carroll, or Cairo, or whatever. They, it's, but then, what about Northwest Georgia and your favorite? What's her name again? Jesus, Marjorie Taylor Green. Yeah, she's just she's. If it wasn't so serious, she'd be comedy relief. I mean, no, it's she's, she's absolutely crazy, and she and gets elected. I mean, that's yeah. what's scary. Yeah, by a huge. Yeah, yeah, that's what's scary to me. No, it, it's yeah, it's she's just the f- absolutely a loon. The hilarious thing about it was her whining and bitching about cancel culture, and then they throw the TV crew out of her, her what of her town, whatever she calls them, because they, they asked her a question. I mean, that's I, mean, I, I don't know. It's just it is what it is. It's crazy, it is crazy. Should we ask Ed about Trump? I'm, <laughs> Jesus. I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that. That's our first question. Ed, what about the Iowa wrestlers hey, and Trump? Yeah. Let's yeah. dig into those. <laughs> Jesus. So you're not real confident about tonight? I am not. No. You think it's going to be because Illinois plays real well or Iowa struggles? I think uh, – I don't think we play as well without CJ. I think he's 
helps a lot on our defense, for one. Mm -hmm. And you know if he shoots, the chances are good it's going to go in. And he just fits. Well, plus you also take Keegan Murray off the bench now, and the bench becomes that much exactly. weaker. So, yeah, if, if Frederick doesn't play, which I don't think he will, based on what Fran said Wednesday, but who knows, 48 hours, maybe he will. He Maybe we will give it a shot tonight. But I, I just – even with Frederick, I probably would have picked Illinois. Still. Probably. I think, I think um, if Luca can find a way to, to get a couple fouls on uh, which I think Coburn early – I think Luca that wins help? that matchup. I think Luca wins that matchup. I'm more worried. If he if, doesn't, then we're in. Well, big I'm trouble. more worried about guys like Trent Frazier and that what's his name, Falkishvili or whatever. Bashanasvili. I'm more worried about those guys having big games. If Trent Frazier goes, or the if, freshman Miller, someone like yeah, if someone like that goes off for 14 to 16, because you know Desumu's going to get his, his 12 to 20. Yeah, I'm more worried about, and Illinois needs to worry about someone like, well, first of all, I mean. They're thinking Bohannon. Are we going to shut him down, or are we going to get? I mean, if Bohannon makes five to seven three pointers tonight, I think it's going to be hard for Illinois to win. Yeah, absolutely. But I also think Illinois is going to go out of their way to try to really make things hard. I mean, Indiana gave you the blueprint. Illinois is just as athletic, almost as Indiana mm-hmm. on the perimeter. So we'll we'll see what they do. Well, if if Jordan makes less than two three pointers, Iowa trouble. does not win, especially without CJ making any. Yes. If that's what happens. Because then Wieskamp would have to hit a bunch. Connor would have to hit two or three. Patrick, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. And Toussaint may play a role in this game tonight. Illinois' quickness may cause some trouble. So Toussaint may see his minutes go up. He said on the Zoom thing, they were asking him about the hate between Iowa and Illinois. He goes, I hate everybody that we play against. <laughs> he he goes, said, well, we're friends off the court. He goes, court, off but... the court, we're fine. But on the court, I, that's, his, you know, that's his attitude. That's how he plays. He kind of plays with a chip on his shoulder. I have no problem with that. I don't have a that. problem with that either. He's not a dirty player. He no. doesn't talk trash. Now, if somebody talks trash to him on the court, he'll fire back. But very well, seldom. He is from New York. Yeah, you don't see him instigate stuff, though. No. He's a, but, no, he's a tough kid, and I would like to see him kind of snap out of this. I think they need Joe Toussaint if they're going to reach their full potential. And he, had, he was asked about his minutes the other day, and he says, I don't worry about that stuff. I just want to win. And, but his minutes have been greatly reduced. They have. They have been greatly reduced, and part of that's because he's not a threat from three-point range. And he says he's been working on that. Which, I, you know. But I mean, we haven't seen the results. I love that. He does say that, but could you? No, I'm not. I, I suck at three, so I just quit doing it. I'm not working on it. But, no, he did say he's working on it, and, and we'll just have to wait and see. Because, like I said, Indiana basically said, hey, Joe, it's all yours. Take it. And he didn't take it. Yeah. And I think Fran saw that and realized that's, you know. Well, and if you have both he and Connor in there at the same time, you can't no, have. No, Connor did make. Remember, he made Con- his Connor first does. three. He did yep. make his first three. And what have you. So Connor's going to be interesting. I think Connor may be trying to guard DeSumo a lot tonight. If they try to go man-to-man, I think Wieskamp may get him a little bit. DeSumo, I mean, the thing about him, he's 6'5". He can score driving to the basket. He can make threes. He's yeah. a, I mean, he's an NBA guard. He's a complete player. Oh, he's terrific. So it'll be, it should be a fun game. Like I, said, I just wish it started at 7. Although then I couldn't do the high school game. Or so 6. Well, 6, I couldn't do anything. But then you guys would save money for me not being at the high school games, and you'd be able to go to bed earlier. So it would be a double win for you guys. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I know how you guys think. Yeah, I'm really <laughs> worried about that. <laughs> Sugar Ray, is his back better? He threw his back out, he said. We weren't going to do a game the other night even without the weather. He told me his back was too bad. Is he, I assume he's okay? He's better, yeah. Sugar Ray's better? Did yeah, you definitely. See him, did you see him this morning? I did. With Wapsie? Yeah. Did he give Wapsie a treat? Mm-hmm. He did. All right. I and should, then I should bring Lily in there. Just have her shed everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere. Bring Lily in there. 
<laughs> have her shake. Yeah, Wop- Wopsy won't go in. <laughs> Why? Really? I don't know. No masks. I, don't, well, I, I, don't I, did. I warned her about Ray, so, I mean. Well, she loves Ray, but I know, but I just said, in. just don't ever be alone in a room with him, was what I said, and I think Wopsy's taking that to heart. Lily comes in here, greets everybody, and, and then, then heads for the yeah, door. get me out of here. Do we have a call? Hello? You know, right after the old Dion Thomas scandal where we got him on probation, there was a handful of us that drove up to drove over to Champaign for a basketball game, and uh, the night the night before the basketball game, the, in downtown Champaign, there was a there was an old uh, demolition car that you could pay pay a dollar to smash it. It was a black and gold car to smash it with a sledgehammer, and it said it went to a charity, and the charity was We Hate the Hawks Charity. It was just kind of an ongoing joke, but then the many of the bars had different Big Ten signs all over it, and every one. Every bar, the Iowa Hawkeye sign was upside down. That's how much they hated us. It was just a, it was a pretty bitter situation. Yeah, it could get chippy tonight. Yeah. Oh, it got chippy the last yeah, time. It they sure played. did. No, thanks for sharing yeah. that. That's that is an interesting story. But yeah, no, I I could see tonight's game. I mean, chippy's one thing. I don't know. Let's just hope nobody throws an inadvertent elbow or nobody throws any punches. And, you know, let's just hope it doesn't cross the line. But I expect this game to be physical, emotional, and a little chippy. That's Big Ten basketball, border rivals. And you notice whenever, even like when the Illinois players say we hate them, but they always put it with a preface, but off the court, they, it's, it's trash talk, but it's not like bad, bad. They say we, you know, there's respect, but on the court we don't like each other. Well, well we, we say the same thing about radio stations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you like them on the air, you hate them off the air, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I try to, I try to hold my, <laughs> hold my feelings in on the air. There you go. But off the air, you're ready to, you're ready yeah. to go. Your fists are up. the air out of their tires. There you go. But I, you know, I mean, it's just. And Connor brought up a good point when we had him on the other day, and then he said the same thing in the Zoom conference later on that day. Is Nobody would really care near as much about this, right, if these teams were mediocre. The fact that they're well, both pretty true. good right now has interest beyond just each team's fan base. I mean, there's some interest in this game because it's got some Big Ten ramifications. Well, and the teams were good back in the 80s, too. They and were. The, and, yeah, it, it does ramp things up. And Illinois is a fun team to watch, and so is Iowa because they yeah. play at a fast pace. Wisconsin, I try to watch Wisconsin games. God, I hate they're it. They're just brutal. Even when they win, they're brutal. I mean, they beat Maryland the other day at Maryland, and Maryland is just – I. I watch. It seems like when I watch Maryland, they're pathetic, and then I give up on them. Then I find out by not watching them, hey, they just won at so and so at Wisconsin, yeah, yeah or amazing. at Illinois. I yep. mean, that's what, but then, but then sometimes you watch them and they can't shoot. No, no. I mean, th- those games last night, or I mean, that Michigan State. They're the last few Big Ten games I've watched have not been good games. Have just not been very entertaining. Not been very competitive. They just haven't been very good. Um, Outside of Iowa games is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. There just haven't been a lot of good games recently. It's just a lot of blowouts. And, I mean, that Michigan State game last night, it's just I I couldn't believe what I was watching. And I think Izzo, after a while, you knew Izzo just kind of gave up. He had no answers. There's only so much a coach can do. No, it's it's strange to see Michigan State struggle like that. Yeah, and, you know, I wonder how um, – Izzo is, what, 60? He's getting up there. Isn't he like 68? I mean, you got Izzo and Roy Williams and Coach K are all 65 and up. I mean, at some point, that's going to impact them. I, I think you're starting to maybe see the beginning of the end of Coach K at Duke. Yeah. And it will be interesting to see. I think there's going to be a lot of big-time basketball coaching turnover here in the next one to three years in college basketball. Izzo's 65. Yeah. 65. So, I, mean, okay. I mean, that's 
But that's when he recruits a kid, and by the time he promises that kid, I'm going to be there for your four years, he'd be seventy. I mean, that's it'll be interesting to see though how it's worth I'm not thirteen million dollars. Oh, I thought he'd be worth more than that. that. I would too. That's what it says, huh? He might be, but that's what it says. So he's only worth fourteen million more than Randy Quaid. You know how do these? How Actually, do they know? I have no idea. I think uh, seriously. I think Randy Quaid's even worth less now because he just lost a loss with GameStop. Oh, he lost. Yeah. <laughs> How about that nonsense? <laughs> you know, ridiculous. I don't believe in playing around with your mortgage or stocks or anything on your freaking phone. You know. Well, no. I called my guy and he's just like. Don't no, we're not. Yeah. We're just, it's not. It'll be. It's nothing. Just stay away from yeah, it. Yeah, I want somebody that's going to tell me what the hell to do. But it was kind of yeah. funny seeing um, Republicans and Democrats on the same side of something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Although AOC didn't want Ted Cruz's <laughs> yeah. support, that was kind of interesting. But but yeah, I don't really understand that stuff. Basically, it sounds like they were trying to protect the hedge funds, right? They were fighting the hedge funds. But they weren't they ultimately though the Robin Hood or whatever weren't they trying? Robin to... Hood was trying to protect the hedge yes. funds. Yes, and um, there's a lawsuit now that uh, they filed this morning against Robin Hood because uh, they yeah and the theory is they should not try to you know they shouldn't because that comes at the yeah. expense of the little guy. Yeah, and this is the little guy fighting back. That was organized on Reddit. It's just weird that Robin Hood is protecting the big guy from the little guy. Wasn't it just the opposite in <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sherwood Forest? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Although I wasn't a big Robin Hood. And I never got... I never got... I don't know. I was stupid. Yeah. Not really. Never was. No, what the hell? He's running around. Were you a Boy Scout, Captain? Freaking Jethro Tull clothes. And... Were, you a, um, were you a Boy Scout as a kid? No. Suitor? Terrible. You were a Boy Scout? Briefly. I was not a Boy Scout. I mean, I couldn't tie a knot. Oh, I couldn't either. That I mean, stuff. I, you know, I just, what they were teaching or stuff that I wasn't interested in and wasn't good at. That was me too. And just, I, we didn't have enough, I mean, and, you know, we talked about it and we didn't have enough uh, adults that uh, wanted to supervise? That wanted to do it. Hey, that may have been the best thing for uh, you. Well, <laughs> looking then my, back on it. My son was uh, uh, in the scouting program and then. Because aren't they rife with scandal now? Uh, yes. yes. Lawsuits. Well, this guy and... was a, you know, it was the first time he was away from home. It was first time all these kids were away from home. And they were all, you know, and, and this jerk ass is like making fun of the kids that, you know, are homesick. That's the first time they were away from home. And the, all the kids wanted to go home. And he you know, contacted us and said, I want to go, I want to come home. So we went out and this guy started making fun of my kid to me and the other kids. And that did not end well for him. All right. Uh, Fauci says Johnson and Johnson's shot is inexpensive, can be produced in the billions, requires just one dose, has no strong cold requirements. Those are all positive. Yeah. All positive. I mean, it isn't, gonna, as, it isn't as effective as the other ones, but what it, as far as you getting something, but if you get something, you got an 85% you ain't gonna, chance. You're not going to die from it. You're not going to die from it. Hello. Great. You didn't have to call him Johnson. And Johnson. Um, I thought that was Tommy's dad that's supposed to do that. It is. Yeah. How come he's not? How yeah, come stay so- in your lane, caller. <laughs> 
Where's Tommy's dad? Is he probably watching that video of um, the Fletcher Memorial Home? He's watching Grit. <laughs> he likes Grit. He tried to be, have me. You know, some things I, I hesitate to say on the air because then I get inundated with stuff. I don't watch a lot of old westerns. I don't either. Um, I watch. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Shane, I watch Shane, and he does, and that's great. I mean, if he enjoys, you know, whatever anybody enjoys. But there, he invited me to join this group of old westerns, and I mean, these are freaking okay, out of the. Where 30s. are we going? Who are you talking about? Where? Gene, Gene, Tommy's dad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. I was just wondering and where I, we're going. I don't, you know, and I didn't join, and then all these other guys are. Hey, why don't you want to join this? Hell, I'd rather join the Boy Scouts than that group. <laughs> Ann, Ann showed me the funniest video last night that somebody yeah. was circulating. There were two dogs on different sides of the fence. Yeah. And with, there was a gate that would slide open. And when the gate is open, the dogs are docile and you know, kind of licking yeah. and not being aggressive at all. And then the gate closes and they just you know snarl and teeth and want to kill each other and then the gate opens again and so they're they're cowards complete all hat no cattle that would be good did you see the one of the little birds playing basketball no with a ping pong ball it was they were literally the gold team against the green they were they were little parakeets and there was like five of them three on one they were literally taking the ball and putting it in different baskets. It was Steve, hilarious. You need to Google that the two dogs with the fence opening. See if you, you can you, find it. You need to Google the one where the dog is looking in the mirror, making faces at itself. It realizes, <laughs> not. I mean, there's a point where it thinks it's another dog, and then it's like going like you know, moving its head and stuff, and it realizes that's him, and then he starts making faces. You know, at himself, and he's really enjoying it. There's some great, like the dodo, and there's some really good nature and animals. Some good um, links on Twitter where they have great videos. It just if you're depressed or something, you watch two or three of them. It's always about pets getting along or being saved and rescued from really bad situations. I always find those things uplifting. They mm. really are. Nothing yeah. better than seeing an animal happy. Uh, animals are great. They showed one. Um, this guy was at some place in Italy, I believe it was, and he was literally, these two bears were eating out of his hand and hugging him, and it was just, it was it was a bear sanctuary, So, and this guy was, but this big, massive grizzly bear just, and at any second, you know, he could just flip and rip that guy's head off, but, but, he, doesn't. It, but he doesn't. I mean, they, I can't remember what he was feeding them, and they just, it was, it was interesting, so. No, the bear won't kill you unless... You know, Protecting it, its kids or... Yeah, or it's hungry. Or it's hungry. Yeah. They're in a bad mood. And the thing that people bad don't realize mood. is bears pissed, pissed bears off. run faster than Usain Bolt. They can run 35 <laughs> miles per hour. Oh, no, they're... Yes. Yeah. I mean, bears are n- nothing to be messed with. Yeah. No. So, but... Well, I have a shaky truce with nature. I tend to... I don't bother them, it, her. They leave me alone for the most part, and... We'll keep it that way. Well, I mean, it's in our backyard. We've got we've got squirrels, and we've especially this one, and it's been there for now a couple of years. And the dog will, on occasion, kind of chase it, but you know that she's really not trying to catch it; she just wants to see it run up the tree. Uh, but the squirrel will come up to the uh, up to the screen, you know, this the, the door. 
and look in, and they're looking at each other, and the cat's there going, what the hell is this? Yeah, my yard's inundated with squirrels now because Code is not there to kill them anymore. Yeah. They know that. Now it's a safe haven for them? I mean, it used to be, I mean, I, it was Gettysburg back there. I'd go out there, and there'd be <laughs> bodies everywhere. I remember one time I went out there after a weekend, and there was a dead possum and a dead squirrel, and then like a day later, there was a dead bunny. And I'd have to take them down to the creek, and my neighbors would see me taking them down there with a shovel. And they'd be like, good Lord, it's, it, it was the killing fields. Did you bury them? I put them, I, um, no, I'd dump them into the woods <clears throat> by the them? creek. No, I didn't eat them. <clears throat> no. He, he, Skin he, them? He gutted did he, the possum. Did he ever think he ate them? No. God, no. Did you take swim in the cement pond? I did not. He took one of the possums and brought it in, in the house and dropped it at my feet. Here's supper. And that was, I'll never forget that. So We eat tonight. I'll tell you what, though. When he was alive and healthy and patrolling that backyard, I did not have animals back there. They, they, they eventually learned the lesson. But now, God, bunnies are, I'll look out in the spring, and there'll be six, seven bunnies just sitting in my backyard. Like a Disney movie. Yeah, they're taunting me. They know I got nothing to come at them now. They know I don't have a dog to run out there, so they're basically just taking advantage of the situation, pooping and eating all my grass and destroying plants. We have a bunch of deer back in our yard. I get a deer every once in a while. He'd take deer. He'd run after deer, too. They just run. They just jump over the fence. I mean, a four-foot fence, a deer has no problem with that. No. Yeah, there's a lot of deer over by my neighborhood because of the creeks and the woods and what have you. I mean, I've woke up and looked out on Arbor Street, and I've seen five deer just walking down the middle of the street. I mean, like... Like they're yeah, they did, they've been in our neighborhood, and I don't know. And they don't merge with traffic. And no. we have we're right by you know Regina, so mm-hmm. we got the oh yeah, there's deer Hickory all over. We're right by Hickory, Hickory Hill Park. Hickory Hill Park, yeah, Hickory yeah. Hill Park. Because I'll be driving down First Avenue, you know, when you're going down the hill and you come up to the top and you have Ray's Place on the left, and yeah, I've gone there at seven o'clock at night and there'll be a, school a string of, of them, string them, just seven yep. or eight deer yep. going by. You just got you got to be careful, you know. But today looks like it's actually going to be. How warm is it going to get today? Uh, Mid twenties. Oh hell, it looks like I'm going to be going for a walk today. As long as there's not, got to be careful, man. There's a lot of ice still around. A lot of there these. Is. Si- some people don't do as good a job as shoveling as the other. And what I don't understand, so I'm complaining. And if someone's from the city's listening, fine. I had last year where I didn't. I kind of fell behind shoveling one time, and I ended up getting this notice on my door saying, "You have 24 hours to remove that stuff, or we'll do it ourselves, and you'll be billed 200 dollars." Fine. I've been. I walk. 200 dollars. I'll be walking all the time now. And um, there's still tons of sidewalks just caked yep. with, they have nothing. And obviously they haven't been worn because they haven't been fixed. So, so it's just you weird. you got to turn them in. I, yeah, I do believe there was a former neighbor who doesn't live in my neighborhood anymore that called and probably narked on me. I don't think he liked me very much. There's a bunch of rental places, rental out that don't clear their yeah, things at yeah, all. Yeah, we got one right across the street. Yeah. Because, you know, they have absentee owners. See, the way they worded this to me is they were driving by and they noticed it themselves. That's how they worded it to me on the thing they sent me. But I'm with you, Captain. I still think I got turned in. Well, we we turned in. Who'd you you turn me in? No, not you. Who'd you turn in? That's a thought, though. (laughs) (laughs) But turned in a neighbor because they're not shoveling and they're parking their cars uh, on the street. When you're not supposed to? Well... You don't. You shouldn't park in. Free. I don't uh, look sometimes when I'm backing up. Well, that's not so. Good. <laughs> and when they park in back of the driveway, it's going to be their problem. I'm sure your insurance man would love to hear that. Well, well you I don't have look. a backup camera though, don't you? And it'll beep. It'll yeah. beep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but I'm. I got usually, that. Uh, you know. But there's a there's a couple cars on Peterson that have been parked there that are just filled with. Snow. They've been there for. T- 
Wasn't there only a certain amount of time you could park on the street, or is that? I don't know. Yes, yeah, supposedly. We got these houses. They got they got garages, and the garages are just jam packed worth of crap. And so they don't, and they don't use their. So driveways. then they park in the street. Well, I'm just paranoid because it feels like the city's just waiting for me to do anything wrong. Then they pounce on me. I mean, because like I said, I'm pretty good about shoveling. And you're right, though. Somebody probably did report me, and boom, it was yep. on my door. Tell them to stay in their lane. Listen, 24 hours to fix it. And if then they... you talk to the mayor of Iowa City and tell him you work here, the city won't come near you. I fucked. <laughs> what do you mean by that? They want nothing to do with us? <laughs> nothing. Are you saying you don't have the support no, of the mayor? We don't have the support of the mayor. We've got, uh, you know, we've got city councilors. They're, are they supportive of you? Some are. You got Menu Boy down in Burlington. Yeah. <laughs> I just like bringing that up because he's yours. Why? Why do you? Why do you want to hurt me? No, he's not. He's more Tommy's. I mean, it's Tommy's. Yes, he's Tommy's. He's Tommy's toy, right? That's it. Yeah. Is he Tommy's toy? Yeah. He's, what? Yes. <laughs> and you guys just go along for the ride because what's the point? <laughs> I don't know what the point of the whole. He hasn't called in today, has he? Captain Steve no. doesn't. Qu- Quite get Southern justice. What if he like calls in during? Do. What if he calls in during Eddie Horton? Oh well, He'll he be won't shorts. get. Yeah, he won't get on because <laughs> Eddie Horton will be the only one on. <laughs> I was kidding. I would have had Gatons, but I can see why. But um, when I was talking to you earlier, you can tell Mike has a lot of respect for Eddie, and um, so yeah, I'm looking forward yeah. to this. We got what? We got oh, about seven minutes. And um, let's hope his meeting's over. Yeah, like I said, I you know, I mean, remember I said we were going to have Nicholas Bear on the one day, and it didn't. But we did get him on the next time, so hopefully. But no, I did talk to Ed last night around nine thirty. He called me and said he goes, "Let's try to make it work around ten thirty. So we'll see what happens. And I just, I'm curious to see if he's going to be watching tonight's game. And I am. You think Iowa? Would, gets, you wouldn't think you I, imagine he'll watch? It? I would imagine so. I mean, but with five, six kids, who knows? He may be out. Yeah. I would. You think Iowa gets off to a good start tonight? What's your gut feeling? Sure hope so. What's your gut feeling? No, I don't think we. So do. you think they're going to fall behind one of the, like seventeen to ten type things and then be playing a lot of catch up or worse? Yeah, I, I just don't have a good feel for feeling. For I don't have game. a really good feeling. I do think Garza is going to be able to get Coburn in foul trouble. Well, if that happens, we have a, 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 a chance. chance. Coburn's good. Don't get me wrong, but I don't. I've watched him this year, and he doesn't look any better than last year. He still looks very limited offensively. I think he's increased his range a little, a little bit. But he's still questionable from the free throw line. Yes, he he's is. He's still not great at manufacturing his own shot. A lot of his points are off offensive rebounds or what have you, or, you know, where drop passes from somebody. Whereas Luca manufactures a lot of his shots, yes. head fakes, turnaround jumpers. Coburn's not like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how they incorporate him into their offense. And if Illinois is making threes, it's over. But I've seen games where Illinois can't make threes at all. They keep yep. shooting them. And, yep. I mean, if let's say Illinois goes four of 21 from three-point well, range, we'll I think Iowa's going to win. Oh, you bet. And that could happen. And if Iowa goes four for 21 from Illinois three, wins. Illinois is going to win. Yeah, no, I think three-point, I hate to say it, but so often three-point shooting is the difference. For sure. It really is. So they get, you know, you, especially when you get against Iowa, there's always somebody that seems to, who normally doesn't make threes, makes threes. Yes, and it's so frustrating. Well, God, that used to remember Kirk Manns from Michigan State, Randy Olson from Wisconsin. I mean, there's been players, remember um, Cal Riverside, they made 18 threes in yeah. that game against. That Irons for Ohio State just killed us a couple years ago. And I saw him kill some teams earlier this yeah. year, too. Yeah. He's 
he's been a big key for them because he gives them a real good, consistent outside shooter, and that spreads the floor for all their and athletes. Ninety-eight percent of his shots are from yeah, three. Kind of like Bohannon. Good at it. Kind of like Bohannon. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's been a big weapon for them because he helps them spread the floor, and then they have other athletes who can drive to the basket. So, yeah, it's a Ohio State's playing – they're playing well right now. They've got good talent, and I think Chris Holtman's a good coach. I always have thought he was a good coach. And then they almost lost to Penn State the other oh, day. I watched it. Yeah. Penn State played well. Penn they State, did. Penn, but Penn State just does not know how to finish. No. They just can't, they just can't no. finish. They just do not have that finishing gene in them. And, they, you know, they got great athletes, and they just don't know how to win big games like that. So what are they? They've won one game in the conference, and Nebraska's still winless, right? Winless. And when has Nebraska last played? See, I, it's hard to even keep up with everything now. Well, I think they should be due to come back here real soon. I would yeah, think so. Because they've been out for, for a at least, long time. Yeah, they've been out for a long time, yeah. So we shall see. I mean, it's it's. it's I mean, so, they're going to have to play, you know, 10 games in a row. And they don't have a lot of depth. That no. could just be a death march for Nebraska. I still will believe – I still – you think all 14 teams are going to play 20 conference games? Probably not. I don't think so. Probably not. But, um, you know, they're going to try their damnedest, though. Yeah, no, I don't – I oh, no, they're going to definitely try. I, I, just, I just don't know if there's enough time. So, but we'll see. Well, I hope so because, you know, what I don't want to see is have uh, – Iowa play 20 games and Michigan play 12. That's what they need to avoid. Yes. yes, I agree. I mean, football, it was tough. I mean, you can only avoid it so much, though. If it happens, it happens. Right. So, no, I'm with you, though. And then how do you do a Big Ten tournament under those circumstances? I've got uh, Ed. You got Eddie on? Ed? Yes, I okay, do. Go ahead. Hey, Ed good morning, Ed. Tom Suter here and Pat Hardy, Captain Steve. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing wonderful, doing wonderful. Well, Ed, we're doing great. And hey, I appreciate you coming on on short notice. I wish I would have given you more time. I know you're very busy. We just had Mike Gatons call in, and one, he wanted us to say hi to you. And, I mean, he's he's got a lot of respect for you. And he was telling us about you've got a son who's a pretty good player. Can you can you update us on that? Oh, my son, you say? Yeah, yes. Mike was just telling us. Said, I mean, how many children do you have? He was telling us about, you know, all just what a great – Go. All together, I got I got five daughters and a, and a son. Okay. Um, uh, my son is the only one. He's he's twelve years old, but he's he's definitely gonna be a baller. And and me and Mike was talking about him a couple a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago. I was down and I was into a golf outing, and we kind of talked about him. And they're gonna have to watch him. I think he's gonna be a player <laughs> in the upcoming get, future. How I mean, is he gonna? Is he? You think he's gonna get big? How big is he right now? You know what? Um, Pat, he's starting. He's starting to grow. Pat, his, his feet, his, his feet is really showing me. Uh, you know the height he's going to be. You know, mm-hmm. he's worried about a nine and a half, a nine and a half shoe right now, and it, and for his age, that's pretty big. Yeah, you know? no, that so, is. So, Ed, when got, did he got a lot of? Go ahead. A lot of growing. In so, when did you have your growth spurts? I know when you got to Iowa City. What you were about six eight, six nine as a senior in high school. Yeah, I was right at six eight. When did did you grow gradually, or was it? Did you have a rapid growth spurt, or what? How did that happen? You know what? I I had I had a real a big growth spurt coming out of eighth grade. Okay. Going into the ninth grade, I grew almost three and a half inches within that summer. Okay. Okay. I went from six four to like six seven, six seven and a half within that summer, and you know I remember I get to high school, my and my high school coach couldn't believe I grew that many inches within that summer. So I definitely had a growth spurt in between eight and eighty one. 
Wow, just think about all the doors that opened up for you. I mean, that turned mm-hmm. you into a... I mean, the first time I ever watched you, Ed, was on TV playing in the Illinois High School Finals, and I think you had just... Illinois High School State Tournament, I think you had just committed to Iowa. And I wanted to ask you, why did you pick Iowa? I assume Illinois wanted you. You were one of the top players in the country. What was it that got you to Iowa? Why did you go to Iowa growing up in Illinois? Well, to be real honest with you, Pat, to be real, you know... Straight to the point is that you know I played high school basketball with Kevin Gamble. Okay, and um, he was he was my best friend, still is my best friend to this day. And and I was just coming out of high school, and he was just coming out of junior college. Mm-hmm. And we we had talked about going to college together, playing together, and 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 Iowa gave us that opportunity. And um, Illinois didn't didn't offer that to me when I was oh. coming out of school, as far as helping Kevin get a scholarship, but. I would, you know, I would came on with it, and, and they and they and they um, blessed me with a scholarship, and Kevin also a scholarship. Okay, okay. Why don't you talk to us a little bit, Ed, about the uh, Iowa and Illinois basketball rivalry back when you were playing, and was there a little extra heartbeat in that game for you? Oh, it definitely was a definite heartbeat. You know, whenever I came to Champaign, or whenever Illinois came to um, Iowa City, but especially in Champaign, whenever I came home back to Champaign, it was just. You know, when I seen my family, my friends in the crowd, it just it just gave me that extra boost. And I think all my teammates, B.J. Armstrong, Roy Marble, Kevin Gamble, Brad Lojas, all those guys kind of seen that, seen that on my face. You know, uh-huh. and, and they, you know, they wanted, to, you know, they gave me extra tickets and stuff during those times and different things like that. So I felt very, very comfortable coming back home playing Illinois, and you know, and, and, and of course I had, you know, I had real good games. So was it tough though leaving the state of Illinois? Was I mean, did I? I'm sure because I mean, you were a McDonald's all. I mean, you had so many offers. Was it hard? Did some people resent the fact that you're going to a rival Big Ten school? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I, you know, when I did come out of high school, I, you know, my, my my thing was I did want to play in the Big Ten. That would not would not not the question. It's just where did I want to play? You know, and you know, Illinois was one of my choices. But you know, like I said. Um, when Iowa came to the table, it was just it was just a whole different, a whole different ordeal, you know. Mm-hmm. Ain't nothing like being a Hawkeye. I know that for a fact. Living today. Well, then you played for George Raveling as a freshman, and then of course you have the coaching change. And we had B.J. Armstrong on a while ago. And why did all you guys stick? I mean, why did did you ever think about leaving? Or did once you met Tom Davis, did you say, "Man, this is the right guy for me. I'm staying here"? Why did all you guys stay? I think I think more of I think more of just the this. University of Iowa, you know, we all felt comfortable there, you know, um, we are, you know, we all met up there first time and, and I think that we didn't want to make a change. I think everybody felt comfortable. You know, we talked about it when George left and everybody like, Hey, let's go ahead and stick it out here in Iowa city, University of Iowa, try to make it happen. And we all kind of made that decision must must all of us. So did you like Tom Davis's up tempo system? Do you think that kind of fit your style too? Oh, I think it fitted everybody's mm-hmm. style. I think I think you know George is more of a conservative coach. You know he was a good coach, but he was more conservative. Um, but I think Tom just you know just you know seeing the, the type of players and type of talent he had on that team and just turned just turned the ball up. And I think it was one of those things where we just all adjusted to it well. Well, Gator was telling us a story about what did he say he brought um, you and um, Mike knocked on Tom Davis's door. What was it? Yeah. And um, do you remember this was just well, how long ago did he say it was? Uh, just a few years ago. Just a few years ago, you you came and you visited Dr. And he said the look on Coach Davis's face when he saw Eddie Horton. He goes, do you remember that, Ed? He goes, it was just, just talked about the bond between Coach Davis and you players. You know, I mean, they, Coach Davis, you know, I, I, remember when I, I, mean, I can remember the first time I met Coach Davis. Um, 
I, I could be honest, he, we were sitting there talking, and I remember he, he, he lifted his leg up to kind of cross his leg while we were sitting there talking. And I looked at the bottom of his shoe, and his shoe says Stacy Adams. And I was familiar with that brand of shoe because we wore Stacy Adams back in the day. And I'm okay. like, wow, I can't believe my coach have a pair of Stacy Adams on. So that kind of gave me a good feeling about now. I said, I think I'm going to like this guy just because i seen his shoe that says Stacey Adams. It is interesting. And then he did turn out to be, I mean, Coach Davis is one of my favorites. I mean, I've never heard anyone say a bad word about him. And I just like the fact that he let you guys play it. I mean, you guys were so much fun to watch. Now let's talk about tonight's game. I mean, Iowa, Illinois tonight, this is a big game. I mean, what, what do you think, if you look at this game tonight, what do you think are going to be the keys for Iowa? What do they need to do to try to get a win at a, against a very good Illinois team in Champaign? Man, we got to go to Luke Garza in the middle, man. We got to go to Luke, man. We gotta, everything got to go through Luke, you know. So I just think if we take the offense through Luke, I think we're going to be okay. Because I really think the big guy, Illinois, he's a good player. You know, he's a big guy. But I think, I think Luke have a little bit more – inside to get his stuff off. And I just think we just need to go through Luke, you know. And, and, and fortunately, you know, have a good shooting night, I think we'd be okay. So if you were playing against Luca, how would you cover him? You know what? I, I would just have to keep a body on him. He's a, he's a big guy. He, he's very active. Um, he's got very good, solid moves down low, you know, strong, you know. He's a good player, you know. I, I wouldn't say that I would have totally took advantage of Luke, but, you know, it would have been a good matchup, I think. You know, when we had, B, we had BJ on, and he talked about how he, you were sort of the stabilizer. You had sort of had everybody's back. You were sort of kind of almost, he described you as sort of the protector. I mean, the tough guy that just, whenever we need, if, you know, I mean, is that how you remember it too? BJ just said, he goes, Ed was sort of the guy who led us. He gave us a certain bit of swagger. Is that how you look at it? You know what, I, I, I kind of do. Um, you know, those you know, I, I look at myself when I came to the University of Iowa. I, I kind of looked at myself was kind of already kind of jailed out. You know, not I was already kind of a man. You know, you know I was raised like that, um, and and I just thought I just brought that that to my to, to the game of basketball when I came to Iowa. You know, I think I was a little bit more mature than everybody, and 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 the guys kind of seen that in me. So I kind of just rolled with it and, and took upon to being kind of a leader on the squad and. And it worked out well. So are you saying in a way you had to kind of grow up fast as a kid? I mean, I mean, is that kind of how you look at it? Yeah, I think you know, you know, my lifestyle growing up was a little diff- a little bit different than everybody else's on the team, you know. And I and I kind of took that advantage of that, and 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 and, and, and really, um, really felt good about myself coming into you know a university like that, you mm-hmm. know, already jailed out. So, Ed, how much did getting a basketball scholarship and getting the chance to play big-time basketball and growing into the player you became, how did that change the course of your life? Well, you know, I really didn't look at it like that back then. But, you know, looking at it today, you know, I got kids that are going to college and it's coming out of my pocket, so scholarship was big back then. You know, <laughs> like the, you know I didn't realize it until I started paying for my kids going to college and different things like that. Like, wow, you know, thank God. You know, I did get a scholarship, and, you know, I was blessed to go to school and didn't have to pay for it. But believe me, I'm taking the repercussions right now because <laughs> I'm doing the same thing to my kids right now. So, <laughs> so it didn't really dawn on me until, you know, I got a little older and started paying for it myself for my own, my own kids. Yeah, you learn in a hurry as a parent. We we put two or two girls through college, private colleges, and, yeah, it's uh, it's pricey. Well, you, you know, Ed, Mike Gatons referred to you as sort of the ultimate family man. He just says, he goes, you're so devoted to your kids 
and 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 he really admires you for that. just talk about that a little bit what it means to be a father what it means to be raising. you know what i mean you know I've, I've been blessed i've been blessed throughout my whole life i think you know and and i and i really you know i really don't ask for i believe in the lord and the lord knows that you know I, i'm not really asked what i'm not really asked for anything else in life but to to raise my kids you know that's what i live for i mean that's what i, I wake up every day to and you know that just keeps me going you know like i said i have a my youngest is 12 years old right now, and he's just turned into sixth grade, and he's doing well. And I got two more daughters at home. That's 12 and 14. 12 is not 14 and 16. Sorry. And like I said, that's just what I do every day. I I, I live for them, and well, that's cool. And I'm content with that. That's I'm awesome. very very content with that, and and I just you know want to continue doing that. Well, it doesn't get any better than raising your kids, does it? Not at all. Not at all. No, that no, that's I mean that's. That is so cool to hear, and I, um, the way you, the what, some of the stuff that you had to endure as a kid, did that make you even more determined to, to play the role that you're doing now? You, I mean, you learned from how you were raised. Does that have something to do with it? Well, you know, basically, I was, you know, you know, I look at it, you know, back when I was raised, I was in a one parent home, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I, I seen a lot of things my mom went through playing the mother and father role, you know, and. And I and I and I kind of really didn't want to, you know, go through those those terms, you know, and and this really just taught me, you know, to to really take responsibility into into your your dependence. Mm-hmm. And I, that's what I do with my kids, you know. I want to be able to teach them, and so when they get out, they can do for themselves. No, that's that's the way to mm-hmm. do it. And and Ed, you know, the last time we had you on the radio, Roy was still alive. Sadly, he's not. How I mean, how tough is it? I'm sure you think about him. So, I mean, gone way too soon. I mean, and just just talk about Roy Marble and how much you miss him. You know what? I, I have a I have a big picture of Roy Marble in my home. I see Roy Marble every day. I talk to Roy Marble every day. I say, "What's up, Roy?" And you know, it's just one of those things where he's just part of me now. You know, I mean, he's part of my life. My, my he's part of my kids' life. I can hear my kids walking by. It, hey, Roy, how you doing? You know, so it makes me feel good that you know I can kind of grasp it and, and, and still get those great memories we had. You know, and and really just just live on with that. You know, so mm-hmm. like I said, he just actually his dad just passed about two months ago. Yeah, I saw that. And um, so you know, I, I've, I've talked. To, I stay in contact with his sisters and his brothers. You know, and stuff like that. So I'm I'm, I'm real close to them. So I, it makes me feel good. I can just still be, you know, including his family outside of him not being here. Do you have any contact with Devin? Um, actually, Devin, I talked to Devin. It's been a while. It's probably been like last summer when I talked to Devin. But I always talk to his other daughters and his his, um, his son, uh, Carlos. Okay. I just talked to Carlos a couple of days ago. No, that's awesome. cool. I mean, that's once he, a hawk. He's down in Chicago State right now. Like you say, once a hawk, always a hawk. And looking back at your career, Ed, is there one game – from a loss standpoint, that stand—I mean, is it was it the game against UNLV? Was it your last game as a Hawkeye? If there's one game you could take back in college, what what would it be? Would it be the UNLV loss when you guys were so close? It, it, you know what? I think the UNLV loss it ranks the most the best them, but I think my most memorable game is probably my last game because I really would. I, it was against North Carolina State. Rodney yeah. Monroe. It was in the it, it, it was in the NCAA tournament, and it was one of those things that I just wasn't ready to stop playing basketball, college basketball. You know. You get that feeling like this could be my last game. You know, I want to give it all. If I can recall, I think I met, I think I might have had like like thirty five points, yeah, seventeen a- rebounds, or something. I had a crazy game because it was one. I didn't want to go home. You know, I didn't yeah. want to see the end. 
And, and you know, quite fortunately, you know, some team got to lose. It fortunately was Iowa, and it was one of those games where I, I, I go back to my my film and I show my sons, I show my daughters the game, and just to kind of give them the feel on you know how to take that when it comes to you know when you meet that in life one day. I remember it well. Was there a particular player Ed that you played against that just gave you fits and was probably the the person that you had the hardest time playing against? Is there one guy that stood out? You know what? It probably was. I can't probably remember, but you know, I never went into a game thinking like that. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, you know, saying that I was one of those guys where, even if I wasn't the best player on the team, I'm telling myself <laughs> I'm the best player on the court today. And I used to always tell myself, you mm-hmm. know, even if I wasn't the best, I was telling myself I was the best player on the floor every game, and that kind of gave kind of gave me a little little positive, you know, attitude going into the games. So, Ed, I gotta add, did, did anything ever scare you? I mean, it just, I mean, from the way people described you, I, mi- I moved to Iowa City in 91, so I missed you by two years. But when I, but people talk about Ed Horton, the first thing they often bring up is how tough you were and is how you just, that how people, f- did anything ever scare you in, 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 as a competitor or were you always ready for anything that was thrown at you? Man, you know what? I think that was one of my things. I, I, was, never, I was never scared of anything. You know, basketball, I always looked at basketball as a, a, a game, a fun game. And, and some of you just go out there and just really just, you know, just just, just let it all out, mm-hmm. you know. And, and then if you got a little talent with it, you know, little skills with it, it just made it a lot more easier and a lot more fun. How much did it make it easier knowing, I mean, some people are tough and some people aren't, but how much did toughness help your game? Just the fact, because how much, did, you know, just battling in the Big Ten under the boards, I mean, it's, a, it's rugged down there. You know what, you know, being on team with people like Roy Marvel, being on team like B.J. Armstrong, great players like that, you know, I used to always tell myself, you know, you, you know, I was pretty much like the third option, okay? But I always told myself, you know, I remember one, one year I told myself, people said, you don't have to get all the plays, you don't have to do none of that. All you got to do is just go to get the rebounds, the ones they miss. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I took that to heat, you know. It's never been a game where both teams shot 100%, okay? Sure. So I, so I used to always tell myself, hey, it's going to be a lot of misses, so you go get those misses. You see what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, that, and that really set a standard in my game. You know, I just wanted to really just be a rebounder. You know, and I thought that was very, very important in a basketball game, getting rebounds. And I really took even to that when I did play. Oh, no, without question. Yeah, and, I, you know, saw a caller called in before we had you on and wanted to ask if you were one of the players that got hit in the face on the inbounds pass. And we did. It was Brad Lowhouse and Kent Hill. Nobody ever threw an inbounds pass at your face, did they? Not at all. You know what? Since you brought that up, I can remember that game just like yesterday. We were playing Indiana at Indiana. Yep, yep. And and and, and 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 a guy by the name of Todd Jadlow yep. taking the ball out of bounds. Okay, and the first time he took it out, the first two times he took it out, we got like a deflection, a hand on the ball or something. So Bobby Knight calls times out, time out, time out. So I remember him telling Jadlow, if you can't get the ball in the game, you hit him in the face with the ball, and that's what he did. <laughs> Athlete hit Kent Hill in the face with the ball, and and and, and I'll be honest with you. They got the ball in the next time around. I can I can remember that because Kent was a little bit more decisive, you know, guard the guy out of bounds like that. So it kind of loosened it up a little bit. I'll, I'll bet it did. Was, we talked about that for a long time in, in, in the locker room. It was kind of funny. No, that and I remember I remember watching, and I do remember that last game you were talking about. Rodney Monroe had 42 points, and we were just talking before we had John. It was just so weird because once that game against NC State ended, 
I said to myself, wow, Ed, Roy, and BJ, it's over. Just like that, it was over. Yeah. That's what I remember. Just the finality of it. It was just over, just like that. You know, Roddy Monroe, I remember B.J. Armstrong was trying to guard Roddy Monroe that game. And I remember Tom Davis called a timeout, and Tom Davis tell Roy Marble. He said, Roy Marble, you go get Roddy Monroe. And B.J., you go switch to Corciani. Okay. And B.J. BJ Armstrong jumped up in the timeout and told Tom, no, 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 Tom, I got him, I got him. But he really didn't because Roddy Monroe was hot that game. So, <laughs> he was. But, but we thought we put Roy Marble on, who was a little taller, you know, 6'6". Six, six would have gave him a little bit more trouble, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So BJ wouldn't would would wouldn't back down from that. You know, he let Tom know, no, I got Rodney, I got Rodney. I remember that. That's cool. Well, I that... remember going and I remember I remember going back on the court. I remember telling Roy Marble, I understand what BJ saying, Roy, but you go guard, you go get Rodney Monroe, buddy. <laughs> you know, you go guard Rodney, or at least help BJ guard Rodney, because like you said, Rodney was wrong. He was hot. He, had he like, was hot. Like you said, like forty that game. I think so. it was forty two. I know I'm jumping yeah. all over, but Ed, I wanted to ask you, um, how did John Streif make your time at Iowa better? I mean, I'd love you asking. I just love asking this question to former athletes. You know what? I, I, I'm gonna just keep it real, man. John Streif is Iowa Hawkeye. That's what makes Iowa Hawkeye go. I'm, I'm just, I'm just gonna say it. I mean, he was like a, he was like a dad away from home. He was like a mom away from home. He was just like the whole nine. He adjusted to any level you want him to adjust on. And it was just, I mean, he made my four years at Iowa very, very comfortable. And and, and I'll take my I'll take my hat off to John Street any day. How long did you realize once you met him, how long did it take you to realize, man, this man is genuine, this man has my best interest, he really does care it, about it me? Took, it took it took it took five it took five I remember when I can remember the first time John Street taped my ankles. Okay. And just him taping my ankles and how the tape felt on my ankle, how he was, you know, the tape wasn't tight. It was just, it wasn't too loose. It was just say perfect, you know. And so I was telling myself, you know what? I, I've never got tape before, so but I thought I could never play with tape on my ankle. I'm like, there's too much restriction. So, uh-huh. but when Don Street taped my ankles, and I remember putting on socks and shoes, going out there playing, it's just like, you know, didn't even feel like I had tape on my ankle. So. I'm like, you know, I, I even thanked John after practice that day. Like, hey, that felt pretty good. But it was kind of mandatory that we got tape. But I didn't think I could really, you know, go out there and play with tape on my ankle coming into the University of Iowa. I've never done it. Wow, that's a cool that's story. That's a great but he story. Made, but he made, it, he made it a way where I felt comfortable with the tape for some reason. So Great story. Yeah, John Sleep is the man. Uh, could you sh- uh, share with us, Ed, uh, one of your favorite stories about Dr. Tom? Um, I can remember a story with Dr. Tom when we, we took a trip over to China. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I remember when um, we got up that morning, we were taking a field, we were taking like a little, little tour trip. We was going to the Great Wall of China. And um, it was about, i say about, about 20 of us, you know, started out on the trip. And we was going to the Great Wall, but we was going to walk the Great Wall to the highest peak of the Great Wall, Okay. Okay. And I said, like, like I said, like 20 of us started out, but only maybe like eight of us ended up making it to the highest peak. And I can remember Tom Davis. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted, he couldn't get up those steep. It was just so steep he couldn't make it up the, the hill. Uh-huh. And I can remember Tom trying and trying and trying, but he, he couldn't get up the hill. You know, Rudy Washington, he couldn't get up the hill. You know, it just, you know, it just, it, 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 it just, it just couldn't do it. Uh huh. But I can remember Tom trying and trying and trying, but he just couldn't get it up the hill. 
But this effort, just him trying to get up the hill, just made me really feel somewhere about him. Wow. Know? Because he, he he didn't quit, you know what I'm saying? No, he that's didn't an... quit. He did he didn't make it, but he didn't quit. <laughs> no, that's another. That's great. You know, BJ also said that China, he says you guys kind of bonded on that China trip. Because BJ told us that he was ready to transfer after the season because he didn't think he was good enough. He was going to go to Central Michigan. But... Coach Davis brought him in and said, just go to China. And just and DJ said everything just kind of came together. Is that kind of how you saw it, too? I kind of think, well, I think once we, you know, you know, it was the first time a lot of us have ever been out the country, mm-hmm. you know. So we kind of felt, you know, once we got to China, you know, I think you're right. I think we bonded more as a, as a group. You know, we felt more family-oriented together. And I think BJ's right. I think we all kind of bonded to a point where we like, hey, I think this might work out for us. Well, it sure did work out for you. We, uh, we loved watching that team play, and uh, you know, really one of the finest uh, Iowa basketball teams ever. And I've been watching Iowa basketball for sixty years, but you guys were something else, man. It's gotta, gotta be great memories. BJ, Roy, and Ed. Yeah. Yep. I mean, just they you, sure appreciate it. No, you just. Tom, do you have anything else? No, not really. Um, I, but I really appreciate you taking the time with us, Ed. You're one of the all-time greats. And uh, when people talk about all-time great Hawkeyes, your name is always right uh, right there. And, Ed, I'm telling you, I don't I, need well, to keep – and I don't want to keep. I don't want to keep belaboring a point, but they also they so many people talk about just how how tough of a man you were, just how nobody messed with Ed Horton. And I, you know, I, I, and I'm not saying that's something to be proud, but that's just so many people said that nobody messed with Ed Horton because he was a man amongst boys. And you said you kind of explained it when you got here. You were a man partly because of how you were, how you grew up. Yeah, pretty much. I think once when I came to Iowa, I was pretty much already jailed out for as far as, you know, being an adult. You know, I was just raised like that in my household, you know, taking a lot of responsibility, being, you know, helping my mom out and just trying to just be a, a man in the house at an early age. And I just had those 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 tools with me when I came to Iowa, pretty much. Well, your mom. Just, I think that's one of the things that made me successful, just being, you know, being a man at an early age. No, I agree with you, Ed, and your mom's got a lot to be proud about. We will yep. be in touch. I really appreciate you coming on in short notice. Hopefully the Hawks get a victory tonight. And, hey, say hi to your family, and we appreciate your time again, as always, Eddie. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks a lot, and, and always, always, go Hawks. You got it. Go Hawks. You got it. Wow, that was fun. Yes. Well, he's terrific. I couldn't bring myself to – Ask no, I, it just just didn't feel right. No, it just didn't. It, it, that would be one of those things where maybe I'll do a sh- get him on down the road and talk to him in advance about that and give him forewarning. Then he can tell me if he wants to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, but no, that story about Doctor Tom climbing the, wasn't that great. I can just picture that in my because uh, Tom was probably about fifty when he took. I mean, he was uh, probably yeah. So, but no, I remember. I've heard a lot of stories about how that trip kind of brought that team together, and that trip saved BJ. Remember, BJ mm-hmm. was going to leave. But that's interesting. That- uh, he remembers that story so yeah. well. Yeah, and it does sound like Eddie did have to grow up in a hurry. He had to become yeah. he had to become a man. I mean, I remember when I was eighteen, I used to bring my. I was so immature at eighteen, my freshman year of college. I mean, oh boy, me too. I wasn't babied or coddled as a kid, but I didn't have. I mean, I had so much that was given to me. Eddie, I mean, Eddie was in a completely different situation. Mm-hmm. Look where he is now. Well, he sure made it made it work, didn't he? Yeah, and he must be doing something right because he's paying for a lot of kids to go to yeah. school. You know, so, Mel, that was a lot of fun. Hopefully our listeners enjoyed it. and Hope so. Um, okay. Um, All right. That it? Uh, got time for your police reports, Cap? Always. All always right. time for Always. So police reports next, hawkfanatic.com. Check it out. It's free.